meditated. I did my chin-ups. I took a walk. I jerked off. <laughs> I was like, I've done everything I can think of here, and I worked through this. <laughs> Tiger soul man, I saw a tiger. So fucking awesome. I am so glad that we are live again. Ah! Ah! My feet are like Short Drink episode 84. This is Palmer podcasting to you live again. Woo! From Dayton, Ohio. I just got the notification on my phone. We are officially live. Welcome, Long Walkers. Oh, this is Dave um, talking to you live from my basement in Northfield, Minnesota. Right before we went live, Palmer gave out the greatest, like, full-throated, like, woo! Oh man, it was, it was so spectacular. Uh, this is so great. Oh man. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back live again. Um and we are here on the let me try I'm gonna try this chat, see if I can chat with them. Yeah, Moto and Double D are on. Um and they were uh, talking some talking some shit about us before, <laughs> about how we never start on time, which is true. Oh man, yeah. Well, and I mean it's understandable. Well, the, I I was worried. So uh, when I first st- I started so early this morning, I've been doing a lot of this research on this, but the, like I uh, really got into the thick of it. This I was like, you know, we're not going to record until the afternoon. So that if you get up and you, you know, have your coffee with Ash and then you can get in and you can get this all set up, it should be fine. Boy, me and the technology plateau is real, but this was super, this is a lot easier. Uh, Oh, this is going to distract us all day, but now we got, uh, that's probably John from the, podcast bros network awesome thanks for joining so us cool this hey, is man. fantastic i love the integration into with the chat right here it looks good uh it did give a warning when i signed up for the service uh it gave a warning that even though we select high def and we were trying to get like the best quality and all that um it because of the covid situation there's just a huge amount of bandwidth getting eaten up on every service so we might not get the full potential of what this service is capable of quality wise until things start getting back to normal and the and, and normal bandwidth uh comes back down. So Yeah, it's like the whole it's funny with all of the stuff I've been seeing on TV or whatever. There's so much content. Oh, I hate that word. There's so much of the programming, I'll say that. Uh that is that basically looks like our show 
has always looked <laughs> even before it was a video uh podcast this we always talked on video chat so it's funny just to see the whole world like that now and it's great that we can be back back at it too um i don't know if you want to shout out the service that we're using but it seems pretty slick uh yeah Streamyard is the name of this service so um Yeah, Palmer found this and he he's made it happen. Yeah, Thank so you, sir. we're back live. The, it really, I have to admit, I can't just, I can't, uh, I could not have imagined how much that really uh, was going to be a piece I missed, but it it really was. So, um, I mean, I left a low hanging fruit out there in the chat for. Uh, double D. I'm just waiting for it. So, <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> well, you got a um a quite quite a look going on here today. That it's hidden by the headphones a little bit. You're rocking like a like a mohawk, like a road warrior mohawk. Yeah, you look I, like um. Listen, there's no here. dress code in quarantine, right? So that's right. There it is. That's there what it she is. Said. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, you got a mic stand, buddy. Like. Oh me? Yeah. I I I had it set up, but I hated it. I was it was making me literally physically furious, and so I'm like, hey, I don't need to tear any of this mic stand. I don't well, need we're to hold live now, else. and I'm sure they would appreciate the shenanigans. Do you like? Do you have an alternative so you don't have to sit there and and hold that thing in front of your face? Oh no! Time? Oh, I see. I say, well, no, no. I just you know hold it up to my mouth real close and. <laughs> no problem. LWSD ASMR <laughs> with your host Dave. Hey guys. Hey guys. How's it going? Yeah. Are you flowing? <laughs> That's the first thing I say to you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our co copyright strike. Boom! Right. Damn. Yeah, I wonder. No I wonder how that will be. on this one. Fuck. Uh, can retire on all those pennies. Actually, I've never so much as seen a penny from yeah. any monetization anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Double D, we waited 26 minutes for you not so, to have a mic stand. Like this it's is like, so weird. Like it's like, I don't want one. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, this is how up! I roll now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, it's so good to be back. Shit. Uh, so how are wait? Oh, how am I? Oh, yeah, he does yeah. raise a good point about how I'm gonna get the audio of the beer. We'll figure it out. And this is the, <laughs> this is the day drinking episode. I was just gonna say we need to open a beer. Yeah. Here. Well, I guess I'll do the I'll do a can. I was gonna do um uh, a bottle, but that's a good point. So I'll always have a can around. <laughs> I didn't oh, I realize have... this would be a, a oh, sticking have... point for the audience. All I have is can. <laughs> Where is the mic stand? <laughs> Hey, really glad you guys are. Oh, no fucking mic stand amateurs. <laughs> Rocking this mic like Simba. It's hot in here now. I was cold. Ugh, that is a fantastic shirt. Yeah, look at this magic. Yeah. Um, I'll stand up or something. Oh, all the red public, man. Like we're able to brand this all this stuff to match our with using our colors. So all the reds match. It's great. Yeah, I um I took my cue from the Pod Bros, uh, and and set up um a T Public store to to uh m get myself a long long short drink shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rocking it today. 
I've had it for a little while. Uh, I, actually, the first size I ordered didn't fit, and they were really cool about making that happen for me. Um, maybe someday when when the people have money again or something, we can make it so others can buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I uh, it's funny because I bought it from us essentially, and I think I it was absurd the little amount of money that, <laughs> that came back to me that I spent, but it was worth it. <laughs> 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 I, I can't remember it was <sighs> whatever but it's not about the money it's, i wanted the shirt and yeah. i have a notebook too um that uh, is pretty cool that i've been keeping my long walk short drink centric notes in, which i have a ton of but I don't, for stuff that we may end up talking about but yeah let's crack uh let's crack a beverage let's make live up to this day drinking yeah, what are you what are you drinking? What do you got? Funnily enough, so I am going to be drinking a, a Christmas ale that I dug out um, and chilled overnight. But I I wanted one other beer handy, and the one that I found in this drawer is from Indeed Brewing, and it just so happens to be called Stir Crazy Porter. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> so oh. yeah, so that's what I'll be. What about you? What you got? Um, the the bottle he has is the Stand Stout. No, it's not. But that would be awesome if it was. It uh, would be. Yeah. No. Uh, I have. So I'm a huge fan of the Voodoo Ranger line and all the different variants that they have. So this is one of their limited editions out right now, which is called Starship IPA, and it is awesome. So. Yeah, they they even got the font going. They must have. Uh, well, they must be just skirting the skirting the copyright. Uh, you know. Yeah. Razor's Edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Star Wars copyright infringement. But it's delicious. It's a it's a really good one. So let's uh on three. Let's okay. Let's have at it. On three and three. Oh, right. on my face! It got me on my face. <laughs> Welcome to like this is a Saturday recording. That's a first. It's the middle of the day. That's a first. Oh, I, I I really like this day drinking. We should like reserve a day <laughs> drinking episode for every now and then. Yeah. I don't know why we never thought to record on Saturday or something. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> I guess sometimes, you know, when, when life is uh, in full swing, you know, we have things to, to do outside of the house. But... Yeah. Saturday is like your catch all day, right? Where you're just going yeah. to like run all, all day and... A lot of errands and stuff like that yep. we often do. Yep. So, oh man. So how is um how's quarantine treating you? Better some days than others. <laughs> Just got a milk, uh, porter mustache. Um, I have been getting an awful lot done, which makes me really happy, and I, I've I've I really realize how much of a a gift my creative drive is my but i don't mean like a gift to others i mean like how much how vital it is to my own sanity like the uh the stuff that i feel so compelled to make um really like is my i never realized how much that that simple act is a part of my mental health <laughs> so um i have been continuing to get up at like six so i'll go to bed pretty early like i'll try to get in bed at nine thirty and watch a mad about you on DVD and <laughs> get lights out by 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I get up at six and then I try to edit my own stuff until about nine. And then I switch gears to, <sighs> to work. And you know, I've been doing great uh, in terms of like my mood and stuff. I like nine. I'm usually feeling great. Even if like I haven't 
accomplish a ton, like just the uh, the act of it. Um, yeah, documentary uh, moto. Um, actually, I have finished some, something, not a documentary, uh, but a trailer and, uh, and uh, that I could share. Um, but um, but yeah, and then I noticed, though, that like throughout the day, it's been difficult some days. Like I've I've had so much trouble with this Internet thing, making it happen. I should preface this with uh, I saw this. I don't know who said this, um, but I, I made a lot of sense to me where someone was saying we're all in. The, we're all in this. Oh, shoot. I wrote it down and I didn't think I'd need to reference it. But of course I do. We're all in this uh, thing together. Blah, blah, blah. We're all in. Oh, we're all weathering the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat. So let me first say that before I complain about my Internet, etc. cetera. Um, Oh, now I don't even want to. How have you been doing? <laughs> oh, come on. I can't, I guess. It's just so stupid. And it's made me so mad. <laughs> um, oh, it's a long story. I got to move this camera up because I, okay. I can't sit up then if I, there we go. Oh, well, yeah, you got to, you got to be comfortable. Don't worry about headroom on my, oh, there you go. Great. Yeah. Uh, headroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I've had a lot of trouble with the uh, the internet, and um, had to go out a few times in the, you know, when we're supposed to shelter in place and stuff like that. Because I actually do need it even for my job job. In fact, for my job job, like I need the fastest fucking internet you, you can get because I need to upload giant eight, like literally four K video files and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, those, those are and, huge. And of course, now everything is um, video calls. Yeah, <laughs> we're out of control. We're out of control. <laughs> um. But anyway, so it's just been a, a lot of headache, and then I'll—I've spent—I don't remember—I can't remember when we last talked. Like, did I talk about a thirteen-hour day fighting with this on the show? I can't remember. I had one of those. No, no. But I mean, I—I I think that that is—I've had a few of those. It, it just comes with date with with working from home. I hate it. I hate that. Like. Yeah, and that's yeah, and it's just I don't know. It's like that. But, well, and the other thing too is like so, Spectrum, which is our internet company, is providing free internet to anyone who didn't have it wireless, uh, so that people can you know do their studies online and and all that that's happening. But uh, um, the bride and I both need to be on a lot of video calls. I'm recording video calls as basically you know video shoots for my job now, and um, yeah, it's just we haven't been having i mean we've been having like we were having like legit just like internet problems and then trying to get the actual like upgrade and i don't know it's been a shit show and uh one of the more egregious things other than like literally the the interminable hold times because everybody is having these problems and everybody's getting free internet so like the the company is overwhelmed but um one time so they couldn't they couldn't like send me the the a strong enough signal um or they couldn't switch over to high speed internet or whatever so it's like you you don't have the right modem you have to we'll have to ship you on i'm like okay how long will that take they're like a week i was like well that's not gonna work can i pick it up somewhere and they're like yeah you could you know pick it up at this location so i drove there it was like an hour round trip uh during a snowstorm ultimately too and I get there, and the li- the like the person that would help me was just fear like mad at me <laughs> already. <laughs> what? Like, and they're like you, ha- and then and then when they found out what I was there for, she's like you have the right modem, and like she was just such a raging like. Oh, uh, she was a horrible. Uh, but but that's the thing. It's like people are at the end of their ropes, you know, and everybody is 
extra stressed and uh right and the majority of the many service people i dealt with and talked to i was able to like you know have the presence of mind to be like this is not they're not doing this to you <laughs> be nice to them right and it was no problem I'm just being this together and just uh and those have all gone great this was one of the few times i went in and they were just like what do you want or like you don't have you shouldn't even do this like well your fucking people told me to come here <laughs> that i had to come here to get a different modem and you're telling me i don't anyway it kind of that was one of many things um what am i getting oh so i've just been frustrated by shit like that um frustrated by things coming out of the 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 work situation and all of those kinds of things i i guess like i'm just droning on about nothing here but i i even had like a full-on meltdown though like the other day like this week um it was when when our the orange menace was talking about pulling out funding for the world health organization or something like that i just because i i can't really handle a lot of news uh the way or what passes for news these days so i basically listen to like the a couple times a day i'll listen to the five minute npr update for just like what's happened and they don't they rarely play clips of him talking which i really appreciate and they just tell you what's going on um but uh they did and there was just like a few stories in a row it's like this that was canceled by the Trump and then this this and I literally just like fell to my knees and started crying. I'm uh. like this asshole is going to get us all killed. And just also that he doesn't have to admit he said a fucking word wrong so much, you know, and so I was just losing my mind. I was losing my shit literally uh for about 20 minutes. And then I finally got it together. <sighs> and then the next day after some frustrating shit, I got the internet going. It's been better since then. <laughs> yeah. I I <laughs> can imagine that's a huge th- huge uh weight uh connection I, we live in this weird time where digital connection can i remember growing up when in the 90s especially the late 90s when in the big like dot com boom there was a lot of like a lot of Things that we take for granted now were very new. Online dating, chat rooms, um, online uh, gaming, all of those different things. And uh, they were all kind of deemed like, what's the word? I'm going to mispronounce it, I think, but uh, superfluous or whatever. Like, you know, like they're not, they're meaningless because they're online. And now... We, they've become so ubiquitous and such an alternative. And then because of this social, like this is a great social experiment too that we're in the middle of. And so one of the conduits of that social experiment is the fact that we are depending on, it doesn't feel like we're trapped at home because we're connected literally to the world at the at our fingertips on the pocket-sized supercomputers that we have, you know, or any of the screens that we have connected. Like, we have two iPods going, two laptops going, a desktop, you know, our television's connected to the internet. Like, and, I, and I'm sure that's a good cross-section of a lot of households in, in you know, it's a lot for two people. Uh, that's it's kind of embarrassing when I think about it, but you know, cause there, I'm sure there's families of four that have less connections than we do. Uh, Twinkie, I'm looking at you probably. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I really think that it's 
getting the internet is really a great way, an easy way to feel reconnected to the world where I feel like in the nineties that if we would have, if this would have happened in the nineties, the internet wouldn't have been considered a, a, an outlet for that social interaction. I really think that that helps. That helps being trapped in the house, knowing that you can just text 18 people. If you want to at once, you can go live on YouTube and drink with your buddy <laughs> halfway across the country still, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, and that, that all takes the internet. So that, that getting connected is, that's a crucial thing. So that I'm, I don't think that's anything to be embarrassed about at all or to be hesitant to share that, you know, it took getting connected to the internet to really feel that's the, the age we're living in and what an age to be in, you know, to. Yeah, it is pretty great that the, the, this is an option. You know, I've had some uh, really, I mean, obviously this is, yeah, it's easy to take for granted, I guess. And, and, um, and yeah, like last weekend it was my niece's birthday. And so we had like a, a zoom, um, birthday gathering for her and it was fun to see her like shove the cake in her face and stuff like that so which obviously without this technology that would not be an option you know you could do it over the phone i guess and hear things but yeah in uh, in a lot of ways or maybe not a lot of ways but i feel as though i've been way more social or even forced to be more social at work etc have more conversations through this than I normally do, <laughs> you know, actually. So I think I talked about this last time. So it's like for, you know, an introvert, uh, of my caliber requires an awful lot of like solitude to feel normal. <laughs> I've been forced into an awful lot of conversations by the, by the, the circumstance. It's, it's weird. It's like ironic, but, but obviously the big thing is the, the physical presence and ability to just, you know, hug, like, like I couldn't, you know, it's, we, we did a drive by birthday thing too. I couldn't yeah. We did one of those yeah. that it, 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 it's weird, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we're wearing the masks now and stuff. Somehow I had a few of those proper, like, what do you call them? ND something or other masks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and wearing those and some surgical gloves we found around, like going to the grocery we store. Made, we made masks um, using handkerchiefs and coffee filters. And uh, Ash found a really nice tutorial that, like, a good rule. I, I mean, you never know. This is probably – I don't want to even spread pop, uh, misinformation, so I'm just going to keep that to myself. Just follow the CDC recommendations. I'm making a mask. Mm. Um, I'm going to try to be responsible. <laughs> Shit. uh well until i get a few more of these beers in me i guess uh, <laughs> no so um yeah i mean we're in the same boat work really i kind of had a breakdown at work and um i to be careful about what i say about work we have a really big project that's coming down on um the team that i'm working on right now and I, my role that I was, that I'm in, I'm still in a training position. So my role that I'm in has a piece to this project that is a major stepping stone to the project getting off the ground. And I'm a trainee involved, involved in it with, um, 
all of my support does not have experience in the type of program or the type of project that I'm working on. And so, uh, I really was getting overwhelmed, you know, why, if this is so crucial, why in such a big program, such a big project, like why, why was a trainee put in, in this place, in this place? So, um, that just took some honesty and, I have some good pieces and places and, and because of that support, like knowing that, like I feel like in a good place, but I had, it was a really rough, like Tuesday, like Monday hit us hard. Last week was hard. Um, we had a, we had a, a death in the family that non COVID related, but completely unexpected. Uh, and so that's weird because we can't like go, and be with our family that we really need to be with, uh, that really could use having family around. Uh, luckily there's family that's close that was willing to break some quarantine rules and, um, and, 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 and or social distancing rules and kind of compromise that just because, you know, you have to, you have to make those choices, I guess. And as long as you're minimizing that contact and, and not going outside of that core group now that you've just made bigger. That's really what you do. You know, um, I guess that, I don't know. It's a slippery slope, but Jesus, what do you do when somebody dies and needs and, and, and their partner needs people there, you know, like there's nothing else you can do. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's so tough. I, yeah, I forget what we have talked about on and off the show. I know we didn't talk about that, but um, we've talked off off the air, and I feel terribly that you're <laughs> to go through that. And I, I it's easy yeah. to forget for me because I'm so fortunate to be, um, you know, in 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 a boat as it were with no holes, <laughs> you know, right, and right. um, you know, really comfortable and healthy, and the bride is healthy, and we've had no, you know, nothing in the in the families that anybody being sick or scares of being sick it just feels like this thing that's happening to other people to some extent and um so we haven't had like some of those i mean we had a real challenge with jeff i guess we all, we came like millimeters away from losing our our latest rescue dog jeffrey but uh that was also god that was a huge stressor <laughs> i just remembered but, yeah um but yeah, these uh these things, and thankfully, you know the oh God the vets. We we work with so many just like saintly. Our 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 main vet. I don't know if I should say or whatever, but like she is a saint. Gave us her home cell number and just she's been a saint, but now she's like on a whole other level helping us with everything. But yeah, I, I forget about. I mean, like I'm making videos for people, and there's like all these like all these essential right. workers as they're described. Um, having to interact with the public and all of that stuff. It's insane. And then of course, yeah, things like, like you just, just described, you know, uh, a death in the family that you don't, th that kind of thing is so hard. It's hard enough. Like how you can't even like go through the grieving process physically the way that it would be, you know, be there for others and, and all of that. It's <clears throat> yeah. And um, on top of any, any of the, you know, any of the adaptations that you do to get through it, which in, in uh, this is a loss that I am like two degrees separated from. So I definitely don't, this is, this loss is 
greatly impact. I mean, it still impacted me a lot, but I, you know, it just gets compounded the closer you get to the loss. And uh, so I don't want to speak on the, on their behalf, but just the idea of humans are adaptable. So there's going to be some, you're going to get through this and it's going to be some kind of grieving process, whatever that looks like in this current situation. But then the, the, the one that really hit us hard was that when, when, when things start to go back to normal and then we do act, there are actual services held, like then that has to start all, it's almost like it has to start all over again. So, Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. You'll have to start back from like the healing will have to begin all over again. Yeah. So, Oh my, um, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Going through that. What sorts of things have you been doing? Uh, you know, people talk about the importances of routines and all this stuff. Um, how have you been? Uh, what have you been doing? Not like what have you been doing fun, but like how have you been able to so, make the best of things? Well, I mean, everything's Groundhog Day. I think everybody's going kind of going through that. Who's who's trying to who's trying to social distance properly, right? Or or whatever that means, right? So. Um, your social distancing, you're staying in your house. And, and we really quickly turned into this like groundhog day version of ourselves where like Ash, uh, both of us are lucky enough that with our jobs that we're able to work from home. Um, so that's, that is a blessing as much as I hate working from home. I did that for about seven years, as much as I hate working from home. Uh, it is a blessing during this time for that to be an opportunity for us. And so both of us work from home. So she works um, actually in this space upstairs during that time during the week. And then I work downstairs in the uh, pinball parlor just because uh, my whole thing is with that. Now, I, I have barely played any pinball just because that space is like tainted. Like, it's like I spend oh, all day no. in there, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do, imagine yeah. being in your, in your media area, right? Yeah. Like for eight hours a day. I've I, been for 12 because of my own stuff. Yeah, and so yeah. like, and so like you get out of there, you know, I get out yeah, of this you, space. You don't want to be in there. Right. And so, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, that, that is, uh, that, that was a little challenging for sure. But the, the reason being is because I didn't want to, when the opportunity came for us to record, because I I had a feeling this was going to be longer than just a few weeks or whatever. Like I like we're going we're at a month now, right? And uh, pretty much for us and longer for more impacted areas like Washington. Washington went about two weeks sooner than us, and New York was about a week sooner than us. And I would have to imagine that you may have been a bit, maybe a week behind us. So maybe you're at like the three week mark, right? Like, um, I think we're around a month. Someone else said that. I a have month, had yeah. a very strange concept of yeah. time. time. <laughs> but here's the thing is like one great thing about Groundhog Day is I feel like the weekends just come. They like they're, they're over in the same amount of time. They always feel like they go quickly, but they're right back. <laughs> Because the week yeah. just flies, you know. Uh, yeah, I've experienced that a little too. Weird, weird stuff. Those like days feel long. Yeah, but weeks feel short somehow. <laughs> yeah, it, but and you don't care. I don't carry the day with me. 
like you, you know what I, mean? I think that's part of it oh, because i've been doing a bad uh, job of that <laughs> so yeah i've been a nightmare yeah. for the bride unfortunately uh well, uh, well i'm hoping that luckily will my luckily my job both of our jobs are pretty much at the end of the day they stay there you know so like i'm working at my kitchen table which is in my pinball parlor you know and uh so i'm at that table in there right and uh I can keep my job at that table. So when I get up away from it, like it's done. Right. So, uh, but I didn't want to work in this space and taint it for when the opportunity, because I knew I would need to talk to you like, and I would need to record and I'd want to look forward to coming into this office instead of dreading it. So um, that was a, that was the choice that I made and it paid off. Um, yeah. We're, I, I say we're responsible. We did. Uh, I did do, as as responsibly as he could be it was pretty much hands off uh back and forth we did a uh, a little bit of a travel we just did, have been like getting in the car and taking some road trips so but just staying in the car like we're not going anywhere that we would have to get out or do anything that's one way we've been getting out of the house um i don't know how responsible that is but it as long as we're staying in the car i think we're all right i guess um, other than when we have to go and like yesterday we had to go get, we bought a lot of booze that <laughs> I've noticed this like trajectory change in like what, when it first started, we got, we were getting a lot of groceries and supplies and it wasn't even like the toilet paper. We were fine on all that stuff. It was like food. I was like, we need to, like, I want a month's worth of meals. Let's make sure that we have a month's worth of food that we can get through. And it took us two weeks to really get to that point. And we've kind of been eating off of that stuff now. And so those first two weeks, we were a lot of groceries. And now this week, it was like mostly booze. We bought like all booze. So because we were all, we were, we drank all the, pretty much all the good stuff that we had. And like Ash was like, you know, one week one, we had one bottle, like it, it took a week for the bottle of whiskey to come down onto the counter from the like, cause we had the liquor bottles up on top of the counters. You know what I'm talking about? And, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. she's like, it took a week for the, for the, um, uh, what is it? Bushmills to be like down on the counter. And she's like, that was, it took one week for one bottle. She's like, now there's five bottles of liquors like down, <laughs> down on the, so <laughs> Yeah, um, what can you do? You know, I, I yeah, I hear that's happening a lot. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but we've actually been, um, there have been some kind of well, the one nice development that occurs, well, I guess there's two in terms of like activities. Um, it's kind of funny too, though, because it's like one of the things I found I missed most, uh, when someone asked me, I had to think about it was the I, I do miss driving like I, that's when i would listen to stump something you know a book on tape or, or music and i was just getting into this kick with listening to a bunch of pearl jam stuff and uh looking forward to that and yeah there's nowhere to drive to and so when i was really furiously trying to like reframe my experience of having to drive to you know be told i to be meanly told I had the router I needed or modem I needed. Um, I was like, you listen to this new Pearl Jam album. You're loving it. You're getting to drive through a snowstorm. Just be cool. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, without all that drive time though, um, I have more time. Um, like I've been doing three days a week. I was up to two days a week around the beginning of the year, but now I'm three days a week karate in the garage. <laughs> and, nice. Uh, 
And th- so that's been nice and fun. And I also shook that up in that I added songs with words. So for what, almost three years now, I've been doing all just like the same probably 20 minutes of uh, JCVD soundtrack music that's not doesn't have singing. And then I then I uh, I, I started adding in like the Stan Bush songs and and the one of the first times one of them came on in the shuffle I literally started just cracking up I'm like I can't believe this this is great it was just like and it wasn't even I think it was no retreat no surrender so it was like there comes a time when you face the truth alone and it's just like what am I doing and so I've been having fun with that. I sent you guys the slow-mo recording. Oh, that was fantastic. You got to tweet that out when this comes out. Oh, I don't know if I can. Because I told you about that Joseph Arthur video where I saw him on social media doing shadow boxing. And it ruined him for me as an artist, like a musical artist. Like, I can't deal with it. Maybe. I don't know. I'll think about it. It Don't you want to ruin a dream for some other, like, (laughs) someone else? (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I I would deny them that... (laughs) Uh, but you gotta so pay it forward, man. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tag Joseph Jesus, Arthur I am it. smitten with this. This looks fucking fantastic. This looks. Be- this looks so professional. This, like, <laughs> I, it, yeah, it, you it got the crawl. Like, this didn't exist. This didn't exist this morning. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> it is beautiful. Sorry, uh, what you've what you've done here. No, that's that's all right. There's no wrong time for an enthusiastic outburst like that. Uh, oh, so we um. But the where we normally will walk uh, the dogs and stuff, I guess I can't quite say, but but we couldn't go there. And um, and so we went to this other like paved path that was ha- just so ha- I mean, we actually avoided a lot because it was where I lost my shit. Was it last year? Like I and then screamed at this guy and his kid. <laughs> so it was kind of like the scene of the crime. So we weren't going there. Um, but so we went there and then we just dis- discovered that we didn't have to be on the paved path, that there is actually, uh, rather the bride found this out. Um, like, um, I guess it's most often used by bikes, but it's right along the river and it basically feels kind of like the state parks we've been in. And um, nobody has been out there except for the occasional uh, cyclists. And act- so that's been amazing, actually. Uh, and we would not have discovered that had this not uh happened and um so that's nice i don't know what else i mean other than my like mood swings and i i don't actually have to carry the work that i'm asked to do into the evenings or anything like that but but my uh my my emotions can uh, get the better of me and then the bride is stuck trying to deal with my man babiness we uh so i have had a couple meltdowns too like i said on tuesday was one of those and ash and i have had a couple like that was a fight and then uh there was a couple couple times that we have had but all in all we have both commented multiple times about how well we're doing through all oh that's awesome like and how fun we're having with it and uh that's awesome though that you are that 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 you're doing so well in that regard that you would actually remark on it <laughs> to one another. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, well, that's terrific. Uh, it, I, it's really easy. I think part of, I, I get overwhelmed with trying to deal with just the uncertainty as like the bigger stuff gets, and so it's really easy to contain everything when you're just trapped in the house, you know. So, yeah. uh, um. 
Oh, that's funny because I have struggled with the uncertainty of a. I guess I could. I try not to think about it, so I don't even want to delve into it too much. But I did say like I. That's something that I struggle with um, in general. And the bride said to me in one of these days when I was having a tough time, she's like, you really, bro, you got to really get better at, you know, dealing with uncertainty. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know. I'm a fucking meditating on a therapy. I've been doing everything I can fucking think of for the last yeah. few years to try. Like, that's not news to me. Um, and some days it is. I have noticed, too, that uh, I'll um, one of the practices that I've been doing is uh, I have that like bullet journal type thing and. Um, I'll write, I have reframed it to not just write down what I've done, but try to write what I've done well. I think maybe I even told you this last time or something like that. And so that has helped me think about like, oh, you know, I had this tough day, but I, I dealt with it well, or I did this, 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 like I, I also have these little, um, uh, post-it notes that I put on every day. I was doing it for every week and then I just got them for every day and I put them at the bottom of the page. And it's stuff that, like a checklist that I want to um, oh, do. Nice. So it's like worked, I don't know if I can get it to focus, worked an hour, at least an hour on my original creative projects. And that's been great. I've been rocking three most days. Um, 15 chin-ups, which I actually, I got back to. Meditated, walked with, ooh, oops. <laughs> walked with the bride and or the dog. Karate in the garage, 15-minute interval training, met my Fitbit goals, journaled, and focused on what I accomplished slash did well. And so I'll notice that, like, trying to meet the, meeting those and checking them off gives me satisfaction. Or just if I am having a tough day to, uh, like, well, did I do this yet or did I do that yet? And I'll, I find that, like, oh, I actually worked through my, my bad mood or whatever by, by doing these things. A um, little shout-out to the 10%, I think it's, yeah, 10% is the app. I've tried various meditation apps over the years, and this one I really uh, like. Actually, the last uh, therapist I was seeing advocated for it, and it has like these. It has like a training, so it's. I think I told you about it over the holiday, like Christmas holiday, um, where it's like Dan Harris, I think is the dude's name. I hope I'm getting that right. Who was a ABC anchor who had some sort of like on-air meltdown or freezed or something like that and somehow it led him down this path i have read and that guy's book i mean like you did that that's the guy's book that i was reading i never finished it but he oh uh, wow uh, it, it's uh how i how i learned to no 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 i i'll have to f see if i can dig that book out on when we go on our pee break yeah uh, oh that's great <clears throat> i didn't see, realize no but the, no i'll I, I have that it, it and it has his meditation method in the back i'm gonna i i've actually oh, been cool. telling myself like you need to get that out and you need to start doing just that piece because i got i got like two-thirds of the way through the the first the bulk of the book is just a biography what that led him to that mm. oh, okay and, and it's really like dramatic and and dramatized what exactly what you would expect somebody um try who is a news anchor who ends up is who, who ultimately is going to turn this into a business i think he even knew when he wrote the book that he was going to try to market the technique and everything which is what this sounds like mm. I, I know he has like an app that he you can like get that he has guided meditate this guided meditation and everything uh, yeah these, these yeah it, so it is what i have it, and it but it's not like the his participation in it is only as an interviewer to these various uh people yeah and so he interviews them from 
a pretty objective standpoint and he's like well i do this and like i have trouble with this and like, yeah. that's all fine and good but like so they're so each of these things they'll be um they're like little packs uh and they're different meditator meditating um actually actually the people interviewed aren't always medit like one of them is meditation for skeptics or um one of the most useful ones i found was this thing on uh, emotions and relationships anyway there's all different people so it starts with like uh i think the longest the uh, interview parts are have been a, like push five minutes and some are short as like 90 seconds or something like that and then there'll be a guided meditation after that's kind of on theme and then you work through these uh packs but something about the combination between the different people that you get to hear from and the different um tracks you can take and then the, that interview slash training uh portion has been the best experience I've had with these. And even to the point where I was like, I don't need to go to the therapist I was seeing anymore because he's just telling me this shit. And this is like sustainable daily practice stuff that I can do on my own. And, right. Um, yeah. I'd, so I've, I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, I really like it. And um, yeah, so I, I would recommend it uh, to folks. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, he hasn't said I, anything I, about his own method. Like I... I'm not sure what that would be. And I, the only thing that I can see that's a consistent thing with all of this is just making time to do it and um, and just starting over in terms of like your concentration is like if you that's the main thing. Uh, as long as you're doing that, then you're doing something and you're training your brain. And I, that was one of the interesting things that it did, I didn't need convinced to do it by this um, therapist guy, but he did he was telling me about this thing he's like you know do you floss i'm like yeah I floss and he's like well when i was younger that wasn't really a thing <laughs> and like you wouldn't dentists wouldn't even floss and so it's like you know times change and like now you'd never meet a dentist who doesn't floss and he's like i happen to know through the research i've done all these years that you won't meet a neurologist who doesn't meditate it's like oh that's fucking interesting and so anyway but so th that's been helpful wow. i mean i i say that in, on the one hand and also say that i've had like a lot of troubles but I just one of those um, tools that I've used. So, so like uh, on some of these days, I'm like, okay, I meditated. I did my chin ups. I took a walk. I jerked off. <laughs> I was like, I've done everything I can think of here, and I worked through this. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad the jerking off is still in there for not just me. Uh, yeah, uh, it's all in the repertoire. Yeah. I I mean, anyway. listen, man, it's fucking stir crazy. Like, uh, it gets really, it gets really this is like the time that I'm really nervous. Even I was ready. Uh, there's a pinball machine that's for sale down in Nashville, like five hours away. Oh, right. And it's yeah. like, it's a really fantastic price. I ended up working out a deal and I, I put a deposit down on it. And, but like, I was ready to go get it. And, and, and not oh, right before all this happened. No, like I was going to go get it tomorrow. Uh, oh yeah. I see. You know, and, uh, and because I mean, couldn't you <laughs> and still uh, somehow be, well, you probably couldn't move it on your own. huh? So, well, our, well, I would take Ash with me. She is a, oh, right, an right. amazing, uh, she, she and I, uh, we can move a pin, we can move a machine. No problem. Just the two of us. Uh, nice. uh, we have it down to a science now. So, Part of our, we even considered going out to Pennsylvania to um, help support our family. That was the re, that was part of the reason why I didn't go to Nashville tomorrow. Ultimately, I didn't go to Nashville was because the 
this machine is on route, which means it's out in the wild for people to play. And it's in a bar that is closed down right now until May the 1st because of the like stay at home orders. And so, uh, which is good because that means I know the public can't be playing the machine and beating up on it during this whole time. Right. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, the guy was like, no, come down We're everything's open, like come down on Sunday and we can get it out. And, uh, it just doesn't, it's not going to work out because the place is closed until May the 1st. There's no getting in. And so, um, which I'm totally fine with in hindsight. Cause I'm like, we were going to go out to Pennsylvania and our thinking was we don't have kids, so we wouldn't be exposing kids to anything. It would just be ourselves. It's really easy. If one of us was going to get it, both of us were going to get it anyways. Uh, Again, that's if only if one of us got it. Of course, we're trying to avoid situations that both of us would get it. So, but like, you know, when we need to get supplies and we need to go out grocery, we go up together because we're going to get infected. If if one of us is going to get infected, both of us are going to get infected, right? And so our whole thing was it's really easy. It would be easy for easier for us to, if we had to quarantine for two weeks, we could do that. We're already doing that now. So if we were willing to take the risk, what? why not? So I guess we could, and we did kind of last weekend, I did do a trade. But that was with somebody that was, it was like one person and Ash and I moved the machines in, moved the machine out. We didn't interact with the person at all. Um, so I don't know. Did we talk about, well, I guess we talked about when you, when it was uploading, but like, I, I would love to see more. Uh, I, I would love for a regular feature on our YouTube page to be not just these live videos, but the, I loved the pinball adventure. Oh I yeah. I'd love to see more of that. Well, more road tripping even. Like, yeah. Well, footage I think so. I, I did put a deposit down on that machine in Nashville. So that's going to be, we're definitely going to make some, we're, we'll record some video of that trip down to Nashville to get that machine. Uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm going to save the title, but I'll, I will say it is a the one of the machines I have right now in my collection is the sequel to this machine that I bought. Is a sequel to the machine I bought. Mm. So I um, have an idea. Uh, I'd be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you would. It's a. I don't know. I guess I could say it's Elvira and the Party Monsters. So I have Scared Stiff. Oh shit! So no, like, I did not know that. Yeah. So there's uh there. This is the predecessor to Scared Stiff. So Elvira is like all over the cabinet. It's really her and her boobs are all over the cabinet. <laughs> uh, Ooh la la! But it's it was a really good price, a really good deal. So I uh, took advantage of that. It it was it was cheaper than the last five that were sold on this website that I use uh, to find machines. So it was a good deal, and it looks That's like awesome. it's in pretty good condition. So, and it's a title I want to have in my collection. So you got to strike when the opportunity comes. Um, but yeah, that's not happening until the first. But there will be more pinball. That will be a pinball adventure for sure. Because uh, uh, and I'll go all the way from us traveling down to Nashville to us bringing the machine home and setting it up, playing the first game in it. So, nope, that's all. That's all there. So I, I, I I'm excited for that too. We we didn't record anything from this trade that we did last weekend just because 
we still felt it was irresponsible that what we were doing and mm-hmm. uh i did not want to promote people going out and doing stuff so um this oh yeah boobies you got it <laughs> uh, uh here let me let me find the back glass because the, the back glass here hang on uh this is so hilarious Ooh. yeah so that's the bad i mean that's that's what you stare at during i got the dumped whole, guys the whole <laughs> game logan would say <laughs> yeah i gotta dump yeah i gotta take a dump <laughs> wow that's something oh yeah absolutely so scared stiff was super so scared stiff is the machine that um i I feel like that's like the best machine to explain pinball to people who don't understand pin, who don't play pinball regularly. It's really easy to wrap your head around the concept. It's really he- easy for that machine to change uh, people's perception about pinball being a game of chance and that it actually is a game of skill because then, then you, once you know what you have to do, even an amateur player, so somebody who doesn't even play pinball at all, can walk up and they can do some of those tasks pretty easy on that machine. So, oh, cool. Um, and I think Elvira and the Party Monsters is another take on that. And Elvira is just one of my favorite characters. Like, she's just, I love that midnight matinee and that, like, that campy, lurid. Uh, i don't know yeah no. slower yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh fuck bits fantastic so uh anyways yeah so i have one of those in my collection there's a third it just came out actually at the end of last year a brand new machine um elvira machine it's called elvira's El- elvira uh house of horrors and it actually uses footage from horrors or horrors who no, I think horrors. H o r r o r s. I bet it, that's slightly intentional. Uh, oh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> or or overtly yeah. intentional. No, absolutely. Uh, um, but the cool one about this one, so you know how Jurassic Park and Star Wars has that LCD screen, right? Oh yeah. So this one has an LCD screen like that, and it uses footage from that you know that elvira show that is on amazon prime like the elvira's 13 tales of care so so that show uses film not all of the episodes but some of the episodes use films that are in um public domain um Mm. uh uh night of the living dead being one of those right Yeah, yeah so this machine uses footage that she recorded for that show and also those movies that are in public domain. So Night of the Living Dead is in that machine. Like, play, like oh, cool. Like clips from that movie play in the game. Yeah. Uh, Coming I, to get I, you, Barbara. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with Elvira commenting on those movies. So it's like her midnight matinee show during the gameplay. Um, so... I just love that character. That's the machine that made me fall in love with pin, like like really fall in love with pinball. So uh, I would ultimately love to have all three of those machines. So I have two of them now. I just haven't gotten the second one yet. So sweet. Yeah. Ah, I look Uh, forward to that adventure. Yeah. So and then uh, ultimately, well, and I'll be at capacity again. So I'll be at the maximum amount of machines that I have. So. 
but I, I recently traded, let me text, I can text you uh, the photo. So the one that I, I we kind of break qu broke quarantine a little bit for, uh, which I can't believe I admitted to. I was trying not to actually. Um, was a Wizard of Oz pinball machine. So I traded my ACDC machine. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a beautiful Wizard of Oz um, that needs a, it needs some restoration done, which I'm capable of doing. Um, but Aaron, I can I'll send you a couple of videos too. So those will those will be coming, so you can see that. So uh, this guy and I had been we had been talking before all this shit went down, uh, before all the COVID shit went down, and uh, we were going back and forth. He had a really good deal on the table at one point in time, and I kind of balked at it just because the amount of of work that needed done really intimidated me, and um, it he ended up doing the work and the deal kind of changed at the last second and it all came together and we have a we got a machine that we're really 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 excited about so uh it looks like those all went through so oh, that's great yeah i can actually probably do you want me to share any of these like with my screen i bet i could sure go right ahead okay so let's do we'll just do the image first there we go so um this is yeah, this is the machine that I got. Uh, this is uh, Wizard of Oz um, Emerald City Limited Edition. This came out. This was built. Uh, it, these started getting released in 2013. So uh, hopefully, ultimately, I would like to really build my the, the pinball videos up. But there's a lot of history that goes into pinball. Uh, and I can, uh, uh, there's some great documentaries that kind of chronicle that history a little bit, but, uh, long, uh, which is ironic for this show, long story short, um, <laughs> pinball imploded on itself in the, at the end of the nineties, just like the dot com era did. And so, um, all that was left was one company Stern who was still making pinball machines and they were making pinball machines. They were the only company making pinball machines all through the two thousands into the early, uh, 2010s until out of nowhere there was this new company came uh, they announced they were opening a, a facility they were already had secured the rights on a really big property and they were going to start production and be the second company to start making pinball machines in America since 1999 when Williams uh, or 2000 when uh, Bally Williams shut down their pinball division and focused strictly on making slot machines, leaving only Stern. So they were the one company. Jersey Jack Pinball ended up being the second company. This is the second Jersey Jack Pinball machine I've owned. Uh, I had a uh, dialed in, which was uh, their second title, I second or third title, I believe. Um, but Wizard of Oz was their first one. And this was the first limited edition of this title that they put out. Uh, this particular one has a couple really cool features too. Uh, like the artwork is directly printed right onto the cabinet. It's not a decal that was applied to the cabinet. And then it was clear coded over that artwork 
So it's like automotive clear coat. Uh, the the cabinet is amazing. It just it, it oh, it's beautiful. The machine itself, uh, this this particular model was notorious for some de some manufacturing defects. Uh, one of which this one was plagued with uh, was some bubbling in the artwork on the playfield itself. That that uh, that bubbling actually lifted the artwork off, so it's, there's wood exposed. Like the artwork is gone, and there's wood exposed on the playfield, and that was the work that this ultimately is going to need to be brought back up to its former glory. Uh, it's going to need a playfield swap, but it came with the playfield. So it just takes a lot of work and it's, it's kind of outside of my experience that I've had so far with pinball machines. Uh, but I think that is going to generate a lot of content uh, for long walk, short drink uh, that work. I, I have some plans for that stuff. Uh, oh, I like uh, the sound of that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, this is, um, but this is it. The Wizard of Oz, it's beautiful. It has that beautiful green, um, emerald green trim, that amazing topper uh, that interacts with the gameplay that has the, the, the wizard there on the top of it. Yeah, and, I love that. That's uh, very cool. Um, I like how it's almost, because I had to look closely to see. Because it looks like it's hovering a little bit, like um, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a piece of that. acrylic that's lit from LEDs, uh, an LED strip that's at the bottom there. Uh, it, but the there there were a few features. This was um, the LCD LCD screen is massive. It's like a a twenty five inch screen, uh, which was revolutionary. Uh, it has two upper play fields. Uh, let's switch over. Can you play the? Actually, you know what movie? If I, I can play the, or or yeah, if you want to, but I could uh, I could do the same thing with one of the movies. Yeah, let's see these videos. Let's see. Okay, what... I'm gonna click play here. So the sound, it's really choppy. It would be better if I if I here. Let me try to upload the videos. Then oh, it's can... choppy for you. Okay, yeah, it was smooth here. <laughs> but that makes sense why it would be. Yeah, let me uh, <laughs> drive. So it's going to take it a second to upload those videos. Um, but so uh, this this game was like the first pinball machine to come out from a company that wasn't Stern in uh, almost 10 years, over 10 years. Uh, um, so it was kind of a big deal in the pinball thing. And I remember when I was so I got into pinball with the virtual machine and I did that around our wedding. And then uh, when we went on our like mini honeymoon out to Las Vegas, there's the Pinball Hall of Fame out there, which we went to. And they had this Wizard of Oz machine. They had a Wizard of Oz out there. And we played. We each played it once. We played one game on it. And uh, and it. I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, to ever own one of these would probably be amazing. And I said the same thing about Scared Stiff. And I have like, I'm just so... I acknowledged how blessed I am in the position that I am that I have both of them and plus some, you know, so uh, it, it is fantastic. It's a beautiful machine. The light show is, is great on it, which these will, we'll get to see uh, with these videos here. Let me, um, let me go into the drive real quick. All right. You ready? Hold on. I'm just about to click. 
And I just ordered. Oh no! Wait, you don't have tabletop. to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You oh no! Have... I just ordered a tabletop mic stand. <laughs> I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just I hit the order side. Oh, that's all right, but you may need it. Check this. Look at this. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, probably what I just got. But Um, okay, I'm ready. It's uploading the other, the second one here. So let's. uh, I'm going to try to play this first one while we're uh, while we're doing this. So let's see. It's cool. It mutes it mutes us and then puts it right in the center there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. Here's the second one. Okay. I like the commentary there. Uh, here's the thing about Ash's commentary. Ash is better at that game than I am. Her pinball, really? Her pinball skills have like drastically improved, um, which really confirms what I was feeling about my collection that I have. Like, I feel like I have a good variety of titles and that have different gameplay enough that if you play them collectively, it really will improve your game, and that's really shown for both of us. Uh, so, um, she is, uh, yeah, but she's better at this. Uh, Wizard of Oz game than I am. It's 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 uh, amazing to watch her play. So, but it's a it's a super fun game. It's a great project. Uh, itches all my buttons. So, um, yeah. But I'm 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 excited for it. I'm also excited for our first pee break. We might need to. That works for me. Okay. Awesome. Yep. I wonder how this one's looking. So we've kind of caught up. We've gotten through the like the technical hiccups of using this new platform. 
I think. Or I mean, so far so good. I'm really pleased with it Me too. <clears throat> um, but man, so Mandalorian came up. Uh, Mandalorian came up. We have yet. We've been chatting about it, but Tiger. There's all the Tiger King stuff. Like, uh, we kind of missed the mark on it being like still number one. It it stayed number one for like the longest time on Netflix. Uh, there's a chart for that. I thought they were so secretive about their so um that stuff. It's like when we go in. See, this is the other thing, too. There's such a disparity between which app, which version of the app you go into. So on our TV, the version of Netflix that's on our TV, you know how it has, like, the different rows that have the different subgenres, and the row is full of that, whatever that subgenre is? One of them is, like, top in the U.S., and it oh, okay. and it has, like, a 1, 2, 3. It's, like, a 1 through 10, oh. and, and then it has the the cover art with it's got like a like an outline of the number like a block letter outline Mm -hmm. of the number and then that fits inside that number so like if this was the number one this would be the cover art would kind of like be superimposed partially offset Ah. from the one and for like four weeks in a row almost four weeks in a row it was tiger king nice yeah (laughs) so um you, it doesn't tell you the number of viewers, but it definitely ranks the top 10 viewed things in the U.S. on Netflix. Oh, cool. Right. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. So, uh, and Tiger King was there for over three weeks, which was just a drastic, like, that's a ridiculous run. So, uh, and then Ash and I just watched the follow-up episode with. Uh, yeah, us too. With John McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah, Joel. Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah. Joel McHale. Uh, so that was really interesting. It was great to see those characters. I mean, you're still seeing them through the filter of whatever that episode happened to be, but you didn't see it through the documentarian filters, which I thought was a unique take, but I felt like you got a really, they were obviously edited conversations, but they were hot takes for sure. You know, like oh, they yeah. were edited hot takes, you know. So Yeah, that one guy, uh what's his name? I pulled up the cast as it were here. Uh Eric Cow Cowie, the, <laughs> the head zookeeper there. Yeah. The guy with the long yeah. blonde hair. Yeah. Like the last thing I he said, right, was oh, I actually did write this down because I was I was gonna write down a bunch of stuff and this ended up being the only thing I wrote down. So his the first thing he said, they're like Joel's like, How you doing? He's like, Oh, loving life, loving Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh <laughs> And then the last thing he said was, fuck all y'all, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cut away. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he had that, that was one thing I can say about that episode, Jeff Lowe aside, because that guy's a piece of shit. Uh, oh, yeah. So many pieces of shit. Yeah. Bunch, so, they're all, in, in some ways, the majority of the main players are all kind of pieces of shit. Uh, so Jeff Lowe aside, the rest of the people that they had on there were all kind of the most, the ones that I at least could justify uh, feeling positive for. You know what I mean? Like, like Saf, he was like the one that got his arm bitten off. Yeah. You know, oh my God. like 
the attitude that dude's attitude yeah. is like unshakable or i mean whether it's the bride was sort of suggesting that um that person had probably developed a super thick skin for so it, Seth, which i never got in the documentary is a trans what we used to say a person. trans man a trans person and he, yeah. yeah so but like throughout the documentary all of the other characters refer to Seth as a her which was apparent but like obviously so anyway she he identifies as male but that was never really discussed there's no like name tags or anything right, or if right. it is it's going to say Saf it's not like his hers pronouns or so uh, anyway but so the bride was sort of suggesting that some of the cavalier attitude that that person presents might have to do with being you know trans person in the south and all these other things but like you know got his arm eaten off by a tiger and showed up to work like what within a week or something Less than crazy? A week, yeah, yeah. It's just well, they were just like that's yeah, no problem so, about this, that, or the other. And they're like, they mis they misgendered you throughout. He's like, yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and and this got kind of glazed over, but she ta- or see, I just did it. The fuck. Uh, he talks about in the documentary how the next day he woke up and like, uh. Joe Exotic in his second in command are at the hospital and they like put a pen in her in his mangled hand and like made him sign off that like and it didn't really say what they were signing off but I think it was like signing away the liability of Joe Exotic in the in the zoo oh, like wow. which is just I mean just, it's a very early example of how fucking manipulative this piece of shit is i almost wonder if some of those people i I, he's a predator and all of those people are predators in their own way right like doc Antilles is a predator for like young girls and enticing young girls and joe exotic is young men and and and, um distant the disenfranchised like his his policy was like if we get people that this is the if if this is the best place they can go, they'll never leave. You know, like if we if the, that's the level of people that we're going for. Yeah, like um, uh, I'm struggling as to whether or not we should say just generally because I'm guessing like for instance maybe Moto hasn't seen this and I know he's watching. So it's oh like, yeah. Um, but it's so fucking convoluted yeah but uh the one line on um imdb anyway it's like a rivalry between big cat eccentrics well easy for me to say a rival a rivalry between big cat eccentrics takes a dark turn when joe exotic a controversial animal park boss is caught in a murder for hire plot and uh i mean if you can picture like a more redneck version of like a brett michaels or <laughs> something like that that's the jokes kind of what joe exotic looks like he's got a two-tone mullet like a blonde slash it's like a i don't know it's it's a lot to get into but it's such a convoluted story about these people who keep uh tigers and it gets into so very much more but that's uh, that's just a general overview <laughs> so like but all of them are kind of it's weird though because the, here's here's how i was introduced to it like i'd heard about it I went in though completely blind and I didn't look up anything on the internet because you can find a fuck ton about all of this stuff. 
Um, the bride likes a lot of this true crime type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Moto's like, sounds like uh, real world meets Jersey Shore plus plus. I mean, yeah. it's, it is definitely. Oh, my God. It, it And there is a reality TV segment or like not segment component to it because like one of the things is this one guy was basically filming a reality yeah. show at the zoo or what he thought would be that and it was kind of on online but anyway <laughs> but then the studio got burnt down uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> who so who was the indication that they thought burnt that down did joe exotic burn it down oh yeah i think so to so that there wouldn't be evidence of certain things yeah i think yeah was the idea idea there yeah uh, but so the bride likes a lot of true crime stuff. I and I'd kind of heard, you know, I'd seen the in, um, uh, the uh, what are they, the the show art or something on when we launched Netflix. Um, but she called me in. She was like, and to to see, yeah. She's like, you gotta see this. And so she hits play, and it was one of his music video clips. So he, this guy is like standing on top oh, of a yeah. car, yeah, acoustic guitar with this like mullet. And um, black leather pants, and maybe a tiger was in the shot, but he's like, it's just like the greatest cheesy country song, and it's literally like, he goes, I saw a tiger, and a tiger saw a man. I saw a tiger, and it helped me understand. <laughs> and it was like, and all this, he's like, got. It's so, so fucking awesome. And there's like a fake hunt. There's like a dramatized hunter deciding not to shoot a tiger. In the... Who is his husband, by the way? Exactly. Which I didn't know at the time. But this is what I first saw. And my mouth just like dropped. I'm like, what is this magic? And then it cut. I thought this was just going to be because sometimes she'll just show me fun stuff from the internet or whatever. Like it's real short, sweet. And she's like, I think you'd like this. I'm like, I most certainly did. Thank you. I married. Thank you for showing this to me. <laughs> and then I'll leave. And the, but so I watched that and then it cut back to this guy with no shirt, all tatted up, very few teeth. And it's a wide shot of him in his house and his, and, I, and he was talking about what I just saw. And I was just like, hold everything. Yeah. I need to see yeah. all of whatever this is. And she's like, okay, okay. So that was maybe episode two or three. And then so we backed up and started watching it all. And so one of the things too about the show is like, there are so many different layers <laughs> to this world um, and, and the people in it, uh, characters and stuff that at the end of each episode, they, they kind of tease what will come next. And you're like, what yeah <laughs> how was how it, could this it, possibly it is almost irresistible <laughs> to binge all seven hours especially in the current situation that we're in which i think helped fed into its popularity uh, yeah uh, yeah you know like the it is it's so bingeable even all the people on the follow-up episode said they one of his common questions for all of them was like how soon how quickly did you watch the show? And most of them were like, the day it came out, I binged it. <laughs> I binged all seven hours as soon as it came out. And it, it, Ash and I did it over a couple of days. I mean, we, you know, it, and it doesn't feel like you watch seven hours worth of shit, but the, you really do. There's a lot that happens in that. And it, it's so it's mesmerizing. It's 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 mm -hmm. it, it is a cast of 
we've talked about these characters like Illilia and Mark Beauchard and Mike Shank and all this like this. I, incidentally, you know who executive produced this bitch? Who's that? <laughs> Chris Smith, the director of American Movie. Oh shit! <laughs> like it, it is the entire every person that comes on the screen is one of those people that could easily be it two hours just of that person would be just as entertaining as the rest of what you're watching and it's the entire cast is full of that it's like it's a, a literal gold mine that's why you feel so bad for the guy who all his footage got burned up because he knew what he had he i he could have exposed this a decade earlier. He could have, you know, like when well, it's he... crazy too, though. So we're talking about Rick Kirkham. The he was like an inside. He's got inside got edition long, was where yeah. he started. Yeah, yeah, and so he was called in by Joe Exotic, the, the mulleted guy, to basically do a... because he smoked crack and he couldn't work in the mainstream anymore. Oh, is that right? Oh, See, yeah. He, a lot of this stuff I have not heard about. And in fact, so he I, answered a Craigslist ad and he was working on Inside Edition prior to that. I mean, just <laughs> that, like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, right. <laughs> he goes from Inside Edition to a Craigslist ad. You don't just like it's not like you just you're just like, well, I'm done with Inside Edition. Let's go to Craigslist first and see what I have available. No, like crack. That's the gateway. That's how you get from Inside <laughs> Edition to which some would think Inside Edition is the bottom of the barrel. But. At least that's still television, right? Yeah. Well, in the in the, but the the thing that puzzled me about that too is like, yeah, it all got burned up, and there never was a a TV show. But we're looking at the footage. Something had to have survived, and I, yeah, and I think this is either private stuff that Joe, because Joe had his own videographers following him all the time. I and then. And then the creators of the show did do some kind of some kind of of documenting of this stuff, right? Like Oh, the, sure, yeah, eventually like the yeah, interviews they're, they're and all that stuff, crew. right? Yeah. So But there's so much archival. I don't know. I I definitely yeah. got the sense that we were looking at footage from some of that stuff from right? the reality show cuz cuz that becomes a big part of it and they talk about how like Joe Exotic would fire people and and behave erratically just for the cameras that were following yeah, him all the time. Yeah. Um which first were coming from this Rick Kirkham if, and Rick Kirkham was thinking like, "Oh, I can make this into the the most amazing reality TV show about this quirky um zookeeper." But and he had him on a rock solid contract that gave him ownership of all the footage that he had shot with his own crew, but then also gave him ownership of all of the footage. Joe Exotic hosted his own internet television show, yeah, that, yeah. that he produced and he owned all of that, the hours of that too. And that really panicked Joe Exotic. I think that really, yeah, especially when Joe Exotic was like using that platform to like. So he had this rival of this um, this woman, Carol Baskin. <laughs> Carol Baskin. Oh, but Carol just to quickly, Baskin. Yeah. To really quickly tag up on that whole thing with the relationship between Kirkham and uh, Joe Exotic was like Joe Exotic needed somebody wanted somebody to help him run this like. TV station, internet station for him. And Kirkham was like, okay, I'll do that for you. 
if I can make this reality TV show about you, which of course all Joe Exotic really wanted is to be famous, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, whatever. And, um, but so yeah, he has this rivalry with this Carol Baskin who I think the rivalry. Oh, look at that Mohawk. That's great. When you rock it up like that. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like slots hair. Oh, I keep thinking of that guy from the it's Road that, Warrior. It's that thin hairline, yeah. <laughs> when I I can do kind choice. of like a hipster look to it. Oh yeah, like swoop that. Over. Help, that really helps with the mohawk. Yeah, like to give it shape. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boy, my hat's off to you for doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> no dress code. No dress code, no dress code. In, in, the, in the apocalypse. You can have any haircut <laughs> you want. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the Carol. So I think the Car- the real rivalry really started with this Carol Baskin. I love because... <laughs> <laughs> Shit is this fun. <laughs> it's bright outside and beautiful. And I am... You got a nice buzz going. <laughs> Swayze. Oh shit. <laughs> that's all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So oh, Carol no, Baskin. That's right. I was trying to figure I try to remember because like Joe Exotic, I, I found out just recently, like I guess he was the like police deputy or, or like sheriff, not sheriff, something like that, or police chief or something in the small town where he was from. That they don't talk about that in the show, but like he obviously always wanted the limelight and there was something like he was taking tigers around to like high schools and stuff to do like these little demonstrations and shows and people he was finding that people would pay better attention to him if he did magic and then there became like this magic show and i think eventually and it kept like escalating in terms of like the the showmanship and the wildness and being less about the wild tigers or kept tigers rather but so yes <laughs> Oh, that, that should stay. <laughs> Can't get enough of that picture. For new uh, listeners or viewers, Palmer, what is this picture we're looking at? <laughs> Swayze. Yeah, but what does it mean? It means I'm drunk. It means you're either missing or about to be a part of something awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's great. The record for this photo being shared with anybody uh, was my bachelor party. The first day that I showed, it was a two day bachelor party and I showed up to the hotel and 15 minutes later, I text this picture to my wife. Uh, Cause I oof, roadhouse. Nice. What was I going to say? Oh, Carol Baskin. Oh, so, but then the thing like, it, so with Carol Baskin, Correct me if I'm wrong here, because it's also convoluted. But I think then he started doing malls, and um, and that's when like Carol Baskin, who's like this other you know big cat enthusiast and saving the tiger supposedly, started her and her husband Howard Baskin, were from Big Cat Rescue, <laughs> were um, trying to stop uh joe exotic from being able to do these appearances and so once that started to happen then this like rivalry started so but like basically it got to the point where joe exotic was like one of his music videos has oh man see that introduces that whole thing where carol baskin probably killed her former husband i I don't even know how to like get into it it's so much shit just fucking watch it 
Uh, yes. Speaking yeah. of, like, seriously, it, it, it can't. There, We could give a whole four-hour show just on that seven-hour show. Yeah, and, and we're not, a little late. And not, it, and we're a little late to it. We should have done it last weekend. I apologize. Well, no, there's a death in the family. Yeah, <laughs> that I, was what we were gonna do it. You had a death in the family, and I we nearly lost Jeff. So like, it was not gonna. It, yeah, we're a little late to it. But seriously, check it out, man. It's so it's 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 just bread and circus. It's pure entertainment. Yeah, and it is. It is. If you just watch it from a pure entertaining. Sp- like standpoint it is pure entertainment carol fucking myth that bitch carol fucking baskin yeah well and if you can somehow go into it without i would recommend trying to stay off not stay off the internet but don't look into it yeah just own. just go watch the ride it. they take you on is if you are is, not one of the millions of people who have already watched it like just go do that which moto must be one of those people so uh, um, it is so worthwhile. It, this this reminded me of one of our other segments that actually kind of ties in. Um, so I have some shit. The bride says quarantine edition. Yeah, let's go, let's go through Tiger that. King. Let's go through. It. So these are some um, yeah quarantine uh, edition. It'll end with. I don't should I start or end with Tiger King? I guess. Uh, we'll just uh, I'll start with it. Why not? Because that makes sense as I'm looking at them. So I got three of them here. So this is March 28th. Um, after watching three episodes of Tiger King, she goes, this show is exactly what I wanted. There's two cults, two harems, a murder, soon to be murder for hire. And in the middle of all of it, tigers. <laughs> and then same day, also March 28th, she goes, I believe in revenge. Vengeance is a reason to live for many. It's the only reason. <laughs> and then just a few days before that, um, we were talking, you know, we were going to talking about going to the store. Something came up too, where we were talking about irony that comes up a lot, whether things are ironic actually or not. And, uh, I said, I asked her, I go, should I wear cloth gloves to the store? Would that help? And she goes, fuck if I know I'm not a doctor. I'm barely a person. And then <laughs> after a few moments of reflection, she goes, that's irony. Cause I am a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> She's a, a doctor of philosophy. That is a PhD. <laughs> uh, but there, yeah, there's some shit. The bride says, um, for Mandalorian stuff, I have a few of her asides throughout. Cause I took notes per, um, yeah, for show. Um, I do have a, uh, well, I have a quick, my Dave's digs would be super quick and actually would be a, something we don't need to talk about here because I did a 20-minute video <laughs> on it. But my Dave's Dig is, is the new um, Pearl Jam album, Gigaton. No. I had hoped to like it, uh, but I fucking loved it. I was um, I did a pre-order, a vinyl pre-order that came with like a 7-inch single or something. Nothing too extravagant, but um, I thought, oh, I'll just do a quick unboxing. What the hell, you know, um, in case it's... Because they do great packages for their their albums and stuff so i did that and it turned into um so i did that i I opened it i recorded it It was short because it was not you know i mean it was just an album a double album with a a book and stuff it's beautiful but it's not like the kind of long unboxing videos that i often did um and and then i went and listened to it thinking like i'd recorded my unboxing video that was all and i was just so completely in love with it that i came back and i had like tabbed my the giant lyric book that it came with. And I ended up doing like a 20 minute video. That's like a review of sorts, as well as 
like me reading, <laughs> I'm just reading some of my favorite lyrical passages. So that's on the uh, the LWSGD channel. So and and racked up a bunch of views. I mean, not the views are everything, but it's shocking to me when we do get attention for things. And so it's got like 600 views in two weeks, and most of those came in the first few days. So it was a ton of comments fun. too. Like there was there's yeah. been a ton of comments generated with that. Well done, man. Really. Oh, well thanks. Done. I I it was. Um, yeah, I felt really kind of silly doing it, but part of it was like I just wanted to, I wanted to have a record of the experience I had. I just like there, it has they have no business. You two did this at their last album too. Like these guys got no business making music this good and vital this far into their career. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just love that album so much, uh, Gigaton. So if if that, you like that the, idea, the, the single has been playing on uh, Alt Nation. Which we listen to a lot. Yeah. And Which one? The Super Blood Wolf Moon or the Clairvoyance one? Uh, I think the Super Blood Wolf Moon one. And uh, it's really good. Like uh, we really, I, I, I definitely like it. It's, it's super good. So I'm gonna have to check out the whole album and give it an experience. Uh, yeah, it's it's very worthwhile. I was, um, I was super taken awesome. with it. So you can that's, check that out on our. Channel. That's that's also awesome too because I know how much Pearl Jam means to you and and how much of an impact in your life that it made that band made, and so oh, huge yeah. to still get like such refreshing content. Which again, we hate that word, but it's it is what it is. It's there's no other word for it. It's just <laughs> yeah. what the word is for well, it. Well, right? in this case, like, you could say music, but I I get music. It, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't like you. the idea like, of like, it. Like, new music, new experiences for you that still yeah, like plucks at your emotions the way yeah, that the it, other it stuff was did. very so, emotional for me. Yeah. I was so thrilled about it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually in some ways, you know, there are a lot of things that ring extra true true for the moment that we're in and the, on the quarantine and all that oh this is just a, like a little selfish plug i guess but someone had asked me uh like a newer friend asked me to make a quarantine mix this was like early on this is like yeah a month ago and he, so this guy doesn't know me well enough to know what a holy shit the comments can be displayed yeah that seems like something we should do because because especially with us reacting to them all the time Oh, you have to click on them? Yeah. Even so, that's great. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. Man, good find with this uh, yeah. stream yard. Fantastic, dude. right? Really fantastic. So you should definitely click those when, when you find... Because, like, I'll get distracted and not see them, but I can always tell when you've seen a new one because <laughs> you sort of stop dead. But if we could see it like that, it's... Holy shit. Man, that's great. Um, oh, so totally yeah, so worth this, it, right? Like totally. Oh my god. This dude asked me to create a quarantine mix. <laughs> to, Sorry. He's like I got all this time. Oh no, I'm I'm glad to know about that. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> so he didn't know me well enough to know what a project I could make of something like that. And so if anybody's this was... ever seen High Fidelity, <laughs> yeah, and him trying to name his top five albums. If you ever ask Dave to give a list of anything, <laughs> anything, that's what's happening. You that's get calls what's happening. You don't want yeah, <laughs> with replacements yeah. Yeah. from a phone booth in the rain, and uh, so, but 
So I'm like, all right, because I kind of like the idea. And, and the only way I can do it is if I do have some sort of parameters. And so I do these annual mixes that I've been doing for like 15 years or something like that, where it's just new music to me that year. And then I even that has a bunch of rules. But so I started thinking about this and um, I started kind of he he asked for a Spotify list. Um, and so that's where I started sort of pulling songs. And so I ended up doing it. It took me quite a while. Um, uh, but I ended up, yeah. So I created the Spotify music playlist, uh, that I called shelter in place 2020, uh, quarantine mix. And so it's all, one of the rules that I made was I was trying to make the titles flow with some kind of narrative. So I don't, there's the, the URL is super long. Um, but we'll, I'll tweet it out um, to go with this episode. Or if, I guess if you're seeing this live and are curious more uh, quickly, you could find it on either my Instagram or Twitter pages, which is just at David Ullman. But I ended up having a lot of fun with that. And uh, it reminded me of a lot of music that I um, you know, hadn't thought of in a while. And I, and I went through all kinds of stuff. So it's all things that I personally own. I made no attempt to be cool. Like there's a Dave Matthews song in there, which... Nobody seems to like Dave Matthews, but um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, so that was fun. So, so there, yeah, there's a Dave's Digs in there that you can go check out as well as, I guess, yeah, some some music. It's like 48 songs. It's like a double CD, basically. That's how you can think of it, but it's only in Spotify right now. Um, <clears throat> whew, I don't, Do you have a Palmer's Pleasure? Uh, if I was going to pick a Palmer's Pleasure, I would probably have to go with, um, so we, a, a, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, we got, uh, chatted up in an old thread, uh, a text thread, uh, with our good show friend, uh, a great friend of Long Walk Short Drink, Shamrock, um, just talking about some, there's some good projects coming down the pike uh is that the or pipe pipe yeah down the pipe um that are long walk short drink centered uh but in that conversation came up that i had not uh really finished uh uh i had not finished uh the john wick trilogy and um i convinced ash to watch that we watched the three of them uh and it is fantastic uh really really amazing uh choreography in those i love subversive uh like counter counterculture um societies or or these um social structures that flow below um what we see as the greater world you know which this uh this world of assassins and uh, they're um, they're so elegant that they have like a whole social structure that exists underneath our our perception of what goes on in a, in the, in the day to day world. Um, so uh, I I would highly recommend if you have not watched those or even if you have maybe go back and revisit them. But that John Wick trilogy. My only complaint is that every one of them ends on a cliffhanger, including the third one. So um, we were able to rent the first two, uh, no problem off of Amazon prime. And then uh, we, the third one is available on HBO right now. If you 
are a subscriber uh, to anything that has HBO on demand on it. You so that way you can get all three. Uh, but I, I I do so uh, cliffhangers are bittersweet, right? Because it uh, does th- there's conclusion to a certain extent, but not because it leaves you for the next one. Uh, but that also does mean that they have ideas for the next one. Uh, the only downside is whether or not those uh, get greenlit because I, 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 although I say that's probably promising for at least a John Wick trilogy, because once the virus situation is, is done and things are starting to return to normal, I think Hollywood is going to be looking for anything it absolutely can to try to recoup this downtime. Um, uh, AMC theaters, I heard, are in discussions for bankruptcy with bankruptcy lawyers right now, uh, which is they're the second largest uh, theater chain, I believe, in the nation and uh, behind Cinemark because Cinemark is is uh, still pretty stable. But AMC, yeah, uh, bankruptcy wow. discussions that I localized that very specifically in my mind because it was general cinemas and then it became AMC in Fairlawn, Ohio. And yeah. then across the way was, um, I don't remember what they called Regal. it. Regal. It's like Regal. Yeah. And Cinemark. So it was always like one or those two, like every week, yeah. you know, for, for a few years for me. So, um, I, I, I think that Hollywood's going to be looking for anything it can to try to recoup as fast as possible, which I think we're going to, that means we're going to get a lot of action and horror. Uh, there's going to oh, be a ton yeah. of action and horror movies that are going to come out really fast uh, just because those are low budget, easy recoup of funds, uh, which means I was telling Ash too, I can't, there's going to be a ton of just content in general, music, movies, art, all that's going to be isolationist centered because of this like quarantine period of time I that I, I, I bet for the, I said this earlier on a call with a mentor of mine where I said, I believe that this is probably one of the greatest historical things that we've ever lived through. And we've lived through some pretty big historical stuff, but I think that where I am in my life, that, I will see the impact of this virus for the rest of my life. Like I'll be able to trace back the world that I live in back to this time period for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. There's like before and after this basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm really excited for this, uh, uh, this idea of, so we have this tendency that Hollywood tends to listen to our show yeah and and take ideas so i'm really excited for this isolationist horror and action uh plethora of movies that are going to come out real quick once things start returning to normal uh that are uh i i'm interested to see what people are able to do with that genre because I think that's just going to it's those two things are going to interact and that's just what's going to happen. That's just what we're going to see an inundation of. I just thought of something that may or may not be uh, of interest to you, but um, so cannibalized would fit very well. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. 
But, and I know we've been talking about that as a movie, but there's something else that goes way back in the long walk, short drink canon, which was like potentially doing an audio drama type thing. Oh, yeah, like a radio show? Yeah, but what, I mean, like we could do that in isolation for... uh, yeah. For cannibalize. Oh, shit. I mean, it's a totally different I approach start to it. I'll start realizing. I'm going to start writing, Dave. I'm going to start writing. I got. I'd like just something to think about. I have a time travel <laughs> story in my head that, like, Whoa. I that I could do. You know, the cannibalize story. Like, how much enjoyment you had of me? while I could do that for three hours about this time travel movie. Like, I mean, that counts too. It doesn't have to be something that's like a chore. It could just be like, okay, here uh, we go. We're starting. And no, we I do mean, one like, of these you know how like me telling you all of the cannibalized <laughs> yeah. story, like on the spitballing all of it, I could do that right now with this time travel story. Like, uh, it's so it's so form formed in my head, and it's beautiful, and just like, oh, uh, I love it. I love it so much. I gotta get it we out. We should we should do that. I mean, yeah. you could do it now if you want, but we could also start one no, where no. you haven't, where you like just start drinking at the beginning of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too drunk. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. Like, on, you know, I like uh, to make shows of things, but I've got enough show uh, shows of things I, to keep me busy for the next ten years already. So you know, so I what anyway I, you want to spin these out. What I need to do is, if we're gonna do any of them, we should probably do some private like hangouts and we could just even use hangout we don't even need to use this uh where uh we just kind of i i have ideas i so cannibalize is really tough for me like i'm really in like a tough position on that one uh i have to see everything like the whole pathway from a to z right and i i see the start I love the juxtaposition between the two characters and how they both start differently, which is essentially the story that I told when we first conceptualized cannibalize. Um, but I, what's the story? Like I, I understand. I love this idea of pursuit, but what does that look like? How do they interact with each other? How do they, what what's the conduit to that story what what makes sense and um what what do uh what's the result of the story what's the conclusion i i i the beats that's what i'm looking for you know yeah that makes sense when you shaved your mohawk for the first time a few weeks ago or whenever that was i the first thing i thought was like oh this is the part, and, and like this is what would happen at the mo. It's like in Taxi Driver at the end where he shaves the mohawk. Yeah, because he's just like, okay, I'm basically like going on a suicide mission now. Um, I just like this is what happens when the cannibalized. It, it I mean, it's a it's a time honored story, you know, like where you, you become the monster to defeat the monster type thing. But so like at first you're just pursued by the cannibal, but I like this idea of the of the difference you know this like super lean muscular guy yeah um who maybe comes from some sort of uh like maybe that's part of like his identity is like he's not lean because he's vain or something like that like he is he is that way because he's got a really hard life and he works really hard all day with his hands and shit but maybe uh your character's more uh, a sedentary person who works like you know types with his fingers type stuff so he 
he hasn't had the chance to like you know develop good habits to where like oh. it all makes sense but i guess what i'm saying is that by the end of it it's that time honored thing of where you start to become like him in order to survive so and i think oh. what could be interesting along the way is that you thwart him nonetheless and stay alive with the skills that you have that are different than his but by the end you're like mohawk shade oh i have to i have game. to tell you i have to tell you what i where i'm at right now with the cannibalized so i'll go I have this idea of this like very atmospheric uh suspenseful um like slow burn horror flick that takes place in a cul-de-sac like that's that's cannibalized right and so there's this it's this cul-de-sac of families and this and there's this and that happens in the Midwest, and it's just like what's happening now. We're like ever like than a call to sec. <laughs> I know, I know. So go on. <laughs> so, so listen. So, so there's this call the sack of neighbors in the Midwest, and it's in the days. And this is the like the this is the the um, spirit of the original conception of cannibalized, right? But it's in the early days of I love the idea of not defining what is the catalyst for this. I love the illusion that it could be anything from aliens invading to a super flu to uh, volcanic eruption, uh, like uh, every volcano on the planet erupting to a, a meteorite hitting over in Europe. I like I don't want to define what it is. I want to just. We're just dealing with the people part of it, right? And and so you have this cul-de-sac of people and an outsider shows up that has some information that from the coasts where things are escalating faster, right? And it comes to find out that the whole movie, he's talking about this person pursuing him that just like every time he would stop the cannibal would show up and everybody the next morning would be dead. And like the cannibal would taunt him and the cannibal he's telling. And so there it's all these flashbacks of this cannibal pursuing him from the coast to this Midwest, like called the sack of like a, a, con, a, a confined amount of families, like five, like three to five families on this cul-de-sac. Right. And, they're all trying they're desperate for the information but they're also trying to keep him at an arm's width because he's an outsider from the cul-de-sac and like things are weird that's all they know is like things are weird right like they can't get groceries the uh all that stuff and 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 things the world is changing but they just aren't getting enough information and so they want him because he's a, a conduit to something that's outside of the cul-de-sac, but they also fear him because he's from outside the cul-de-sac. And as he's, as the movie is, or as the story is going on, it ultimately, they come there, like everything comes to a head and they decide that this person that's been pursuing them the whole time is all the fucking lie and it's actually him and it, it like 
This person was actually him and he's going to do this thing. And they're just about to fucking go crazy on it. And it forces him to do bad things. It forces them to do bad things. And it all comes down to everybody, but like one person. And I haven't decided who that is yet. Everything, but like one person dies and this one person is dead and they're in the like, they're in the like destruction of all of the climax of the story and all the people are dead and you don't know if this, if the cannibal exists, you don't know if like the cannibal, this new guy was the cannibal or if it was a separate person or if like anything, what's going on. And then in this, like this person's desperation and then like the rubble and the, like the destruction of the climax of the story that I see them that are like head is down and they're like shivering. And then the camera like pans in real slow through the, all the destruction and the bodies. And as the camera like comes up to them and it's like looking down of them and they have their heads down like this out of frame, you see a hand and it's visible. Like it's visibly the cannibal like put his hand on the shoulder of this like lone survivor. And like, you realize that the story is like, he wants the fear of that, like outsider. And he's like, are you ready? Like for the next one. And like, he like takes the survivor and they're the outsider. That's going to go to the next cul-de-sac to like cause the terror and to cause the, like, that's what the cannibal loves. He loves watching these all these people tear themselves apart from this and he like reaps the like reward of it and like takes the one lone survivor on to the next one to create the whole thing over again and that's what he like oh my god you know what i just heard there i heard the sequel like what i pictured ultimately especially when you got to the end is like the f- the first time you talked about this, it was like it happens like this guy was waiting his whole life for society to crumble just enough to where he could act on all this. And so to me, the first one is, and I'm not saying we have to make all these or whatever, but we could someday. <laughs> um, but so the first one is that it's that very one-on-one thing where yeah. you ultimately at the end, you had to become like him to defeat him. But you are the least likely, right, in a way. Because, like, I picture the the Twinkie sort of cannibal as, like, a Henry Bowers type, you know, like a, you know, he's got that mullet and he's just, like, evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but your character wouldn't necessarily look like that. You know, I, I would picture him more sort of, uh, like, gentle, like, is it, yeah, Ben, like the Ben character in it, <laughs> you know. But instead of Ben being such, he starts as a good-hearted guy, but he has to... He has to become the monster so as to not be destroyed by the cannibal. And at the end, he's got the got the mohawk and stuff, and he survives. And his his it's it's like um, I've never seen Straw Dogs, but that's what I imagine that happens. You know, like at the end, like no, a normal person snaps and does horrible things to survive. But uh, so then the next one, you have this person who is not necessarily who can uh, what do you like pass for for just a cul de sac workaday guy but who is ultimately telling the story of what we as the audience know happened to him, 
but we don't know that he's ultimately talking about himself now. And so you, it felt so much like a sequel to me. So where at the end, you know, uh, you go crazy again, like maybe you were trying to suppress it, but then it is passed on to some other person who would you, who would be not so, you know, uh, I don't know who it would be, but it'd be one of these people in this cul-de-sac in the Midwest who, again, like you wouldn't think would become a monster, but was driven to it by this situation, you know, and it's like kind of perpetuates. I don't know. <laughs> I just took it away from, in some way from where you had, no. it, but that was like what I was starting to picture. <laughs> it's like See, this, this virtual, is, uh, this is this series is, happening. This is, this is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, how long have you been thinking like that since this happened? Or I even think of that? I think of cannibalized in this time travel story at least five times a day. Wow! Wow! When I'm showering, when I'm like changing clothes, when I'm should be working, that like one of <laughs> one of those two stories are always on my mind. Like, oh, that's amazing. Well, the way that. I understand copyright to work is as, as soon as something is codified, like as soon as it be- becomes a d- demonstrable physical or thing like that could be shared. It is copyrighted. Yeah. Like so this. whether or not, th- yeah, these are all, yeah. all of the, the, the renditions that you've explained. Um, I'm going to sit on the, on the that. time travel story until I have something, a product to share. Like I, I might share with you like rough drafts of things just as to get gain insight, but it, 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 the time travel story is like, I have a defined idea for a trilogy of, of books for this like time travel idea. And, uh, I, I, it's one of those things I used to always say, like, could you imagine Stephen King had to write the stand? Because you imagine being that trapped in your brain, right? Like that, that a story that big just being in your head, he almost would have to write just to like relieve the pressure, right? This time travel thing is like that for me. Like I like oh wow. It's coming to that where like I have I almost have to do something or else I'm gonna explode by how like how defined the, this is in my the brain. Best stuff yeah. comes from that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh it, it's coming for sure. I just don't know when. Um that's amazing. Oh, it's all so exciting. Boy, that was riveting too to imagine, especially cuz I do like I was halfway Im- picturing I was I was playing that out in my mind and I was playing it out on my own street and I was playing it out with the characters that I had pictured like with you and Twinkie basically and then um Oh, man, that's exciting. And of course, the time travel one is a mystery to me. <laughs> so, I I mean, the cannibalized, I could see the, the story with the cul-de-sac being the first one. And the cannibalized story being the prequel that comes out after that, like the backstory. You know, oh, we see like hints of that. I, I really think the cul-de-sac one is the more palatable of a suspenseful horror movie than this like artistic indie two character, like intimate, like two character intimate piece, you know, like uh, we could definitely do that first. It would probably be easier for us to do that one first as an independent film. But I think commercially, if this were done in Hollywood, you would have the cul-de-sac one would come out and then you would get the prequel that would just have the cannibal and the main character, the the outsider coming. Like that's the, that's their two like monikers, you know. 
This is all an homage to Fight Club. We, I, I mean, I have to be really careful that I like. Oh, see, I don't yeah, even. That's I'm not. Like, I don't picture that, that at all. Off, that's you know? not actually a part of like my mental conception of it all. <laughs> yeah. So it's it. That's uh, I think that's a great sign. Yeah. That you're like, oh, I'm trying not to make it Fight Club. I was like that never once occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I just got to be careful, but I do have to piss again. So let's I'm do. I'm always up for that. Yeah. <laughs> let's do another like. Uh, it's five o'clock here, so let's do another like ten minutes. Sure. Yeah. I'll I'll go do it. I might actually. Ooh, brave one more beer. It's not that I'm, I don't, I don't mind drinking on air. I just don't want to feel bad later. But no, I'm, I'm, anyway. I've been drinking since I had uh, Irish coffee this morning. I've been drinking all day. So, all right. But I'm I have man. Okay, I've but I'll been, be back soon. I'll turn my camera on my yeah. back just in case you're back early. Okay. You up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that's epic. You yeah. could do that anytime. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure my uh, neighbors will not share in that. I don't know, man. Uh, it's hard to yeah. hard to argue with that kind of outburst of joy. <laughs> I was thinking about something, uh, which is. We could always like these things could take any form that would be fun to us, including just being the thing that comes out verbally, you know, cannibalized on on the podcast. We could always make like just a trailer, you know, like Ryan House style. Like I there's you know, so you just like plot it out very carefully. I did that one time um, for this movie idea I had and I did it like through school. It was called silly. It was called Game of Love and it was based on stuff I used to write down. Of like Jacko and Crams in high school and stuff talking about, you know, their lack of dating in life. Mine too, like uh, as some kind of game, you know. So, uh, and then just recently, um, well, I was gonna say without getting the whole thing, I'll try not to though. <laughs> but I've been working on trailers. I've been cutting trailers for my own um, stuff. So I, I shot this documentary. Uh, about this out al- centered around this album that Cram's made, but it, I'm realizing that like all all of the projects that I've made, so many, and then not music. Music is about what mu- music is about, but like the the film projects that I've made have all been centered around like creative, creative expression. Despite uh, is what I was talking about earlier, like my creativity being like my greatest gift, and that's like it, what's it's what helps me get through life. Like it's my biggest coping mechanism. And uh, anyway, but. So all the projects are about that, I'm realizing. And I've had this one documentary centering around my music for years and years that was been in a holding pattern in large, for most of the <clears throat> duration of this podcast. Yeah. That's for Sorry. Double D right there. No, no problem. <laughs> Double D loves that. So do I. But so it's, um, I just didn't know what it was about at the time. I didn't know where I was going with it to even finish it. And so it just sort of sat on the shelf. And now I kind of do know and all these things were about the same thing, which is this creative uh, impulse um, that's been with our circle of friends since as long as we've been around. Anyway, but so um, most recently, I was work. I have uh, came up with a trailer for the documentary that I made surrounding Cram's album, and um, uh, and the th- then the thing that I finished that I could share because that, that's I'm saving that for when his album is actually re- released, but. Uh, I put it into a music video and I'm not sure if you've been listening or whatever, but the, I've been doing the dreaming out loud outro segments 
with, with just a song, but it's always a song from like our circle of friends. Right. Uh, and the dreaming out loud records.com like library. So this, this week I'll put the music video I made for that, uh, song of his called bloom that I was able to turn around almost in like 24 hours. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to release this as a single and push the album. I was like, Oh, I think actually with all the work I've done to create the trailer for the documentary slash promo for the album, I think if I just swap a couple things around, I could have a music video for this. And so I do, and you can hear that, see that at the end of this. But once I got that trailer together, I, I realized I've been thinking that this documentary about his piece, just about the same thing about mine, can be this like warm up for the project I've been working on. It's this like staged thing. But basically, what I'm getting at is like, I realize I need to kind of create an infrastructure that establishes that I have made documentaries with myself as a featured subject for years because that's part of the weird angle of all this so but i don't want like everything to like i don't want to just make the cabin documentary <laughs> online or the crow documentary or the steve documentary it's not really fair to the people in them and all this so i'm like well if i cut together trailers then i could help establish that as part of the meta story that this guy <laughs> makes documentaries about himself so i've been spending the last few weeks trying to make a trailer for the crow documentary that I did. And it has been very interesting, very difficult, um, but really interesting to like distill it down to its thing. So that's maybe that's why my brain is in this mode, but I was just starting to like, we had our little break and I'm, I'm peeing and I'm just like seeing it. I'm seeing it like a grindhouse trailer that, cause like then you don't have to have the beats. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just need the overarching, uh, thing and then you plot it out and then you can shoot it like in a weekend or something well so, we'll see that's like <laughs> your opinion man i mean is that a tom is that a pint-sized white russian of course it is <laughs> oh shit that's great oh my god i gotta at least no it's a pint-sized white caucasian mm. oh jackie <laughs> That's... you make a mean caucasian <laughs> anyway sorry that i uh, got off on that tangent but I was, I was thinking about trailers and i was like how can we make this a thing so that's just one other way <laughs> i i I, I want a treatment i that that's really what i want i so honestly i think the cul-de-sac one is the more it's the more palatable i want that one to work and that's going to give us the freedom to be able to do the prequel the way we want to do the prequel, which is the like we, we I, I, I really envision, and I've never even watched this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> what's the what's the movie with? Um, oh, I thought you succumbed. Th that movie. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, I have like, that on TV back So like that's two guys just wandering through the desert. The desert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. That's cannibalized. Like I like I'm envisioning this like survivalist horror, minimalist, like really uncomfortable plod. And it's just not what you start with. You start with the cul-de-sac story and you move into that, like you get that other one as like backstory. Oh shit! I was just realizing we could almost have our cake and eat it too. In that, 
I'll put that one up. <laughs> Kick fucking ass, man. I got a MasterCard. A fucking MasterCard. And then like it's... 40 minutes later, he's like, I owe $500 the MasterCard. It's so fun. There's uh, several things about that. Uh, one of which is uh, when I was trying to make this this trailer. <laughs> I would have pissed myself. Moto, you have no Good idea. Call, man. Oh man. <laughs> Does that mean though that you've seen that movie now? Because I don't think that's in the trailer. Oh fucking a, a Mastercard. <laughs> That is my template, actually, for the Crow like trailer I was making. I actually put in the American movie trailer, which is just gold. Um, uh, he put cake. I don't know what that means. Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> we know oh, what that okay. means. <laughs> I thought, I was like, how does that answer whether or not you've seen the movie? But I, I get it now. <laughs> what was that? Oh, oh, so what I was this thinking. This is interesting. This is interesting. Well, maybe it is in the, right. Maybe it is in the, that's fucking interesting. That's fucking interesting. Um, so uh we could have both in that in the in the cul-de-sac version where you don't know he's talking about this other person and you don't know that it's him. Um But it's not him. I want the whole first until the last ten seconds. I want there to th- you to think that there's a cannibal, and then the whole third act is you not knowing, you thinking, there's no fucking cannibal. It's just that asshole the whole time. And then he dies, and all that's left is I picture this kid left, one of the kids from the cul-de-sac. And the kid's, like, got his head down in this, like, rubble, like, literal rubble bodies destroyed houses and hit the kids like bloody and dirty and naked and the camera just like pans across all this rubble you see all these bodies all these characters that we just cared about for the last two and a half hours just like all just dead and dismembered and fucking dead and it and like and you think you think the body at the last second, the camera pans over the body of the cannibalized, the guy, the, the outsider of the cul-de-sac. So it's, it's confirming that what you're about to see cannot be him, even though the last third act of the movie, we were led to believe it was him the whole time. There was no cannibal. It was actually this outsider, right? And so the camera pans over his body to this kid, the last survivor of the cul-de-sac. And out of frame, a dirty hand, like, slams the, like, poker pry bar, the weapon of the cannibal, like, into the ground and puts their hand on the shoulder of the kid and is like, are you ready? And, like, has that, like, that like Kylo Ren style voice, like we need to move on. And it's like, he's recruiting this kid to be the outsider for the next cul-de-sac. The and next you realize like, it is the cannibal. Like it is. Toy it, the, the, it was real. The person was real the whole time. I don't want there to be a, I don't want there to be any ambiguity. I want there to be like, 
no, the cannibal exists. The outsider was telling you the truth the entire time. And then, so that movie ends. And the next movie is the prequel, which is the cannibal and the cannibalized, which is that original story I told you about, where it's just that intimate piece that ends with him, like the, the cannibalized, like climbing over this like hillside and looking down on the cul-de-sac. That's about to, which was the movie oh, we already saw. Oh, nice. Because what, what I was starting to imagine then was having both in that you have, it plays with that that uh, audience thing of like, is this guy the real guy or the or the cannibal? That's or is he all the, the truth? first movie. But yeah. the first movie ends with you knowing the cannibal existed. So then the second movie we get to see what led to the first one, which was the cannibal and the cannibalized that original movie that I told that like Trek, which would be the Trek essentially from a coast where everything's going down. And we see that initial shot of like the cannibal and the cannibalized, like really embracing their roles of what's about to happen. And I just see this like cat and mouse game of the cannibal just really fucking with the can, almost like um, uh, excuse me, the Hitcher. Remember that like old? Oh, movie? I've never actually seen that, but I've always wanted to with C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, Howell. yeah. So like, there's just it's it's this like every time you in the Hitcher, every time that you think C. Thomas Howell is about to like, he's getting a step ahead. You realize that like. Rutger Hauer was four steps ahead of him. And that's what I envisioned the cannibal and the cannibal, like cannibalized that prequel movie after the cul-de-sac movie. That's what that is, is like this cat and mouse game from the coast to the cul-de-sac of like my character being antagonized by Twinkie the entire time of like, He's just messing with me. This is all for fun. This is all him enjoying the like fall of society. And that's really what that movie is about. It was where we start from the a coast where everything is great and then just devolves down to that cul-de-sac to by the time they get to the cul-de-sac, their roles of I'm going here to just stir the pot so you can enjoy yourself. Like that's, like that's really what the roles were leading into the cul-de-sac of the first movie was the cannibal had like can like um Stockholm syndromed me, my character into like I'm gonna go like just stir the fucking pot so you can sit back and enjoy the show. Like Oh yeah, so that is kind of what I was starting to picture. And maybe maybe this is best as two movies but i was starting to picture it as one where it plays with the back and forth and the timeline where you start to see that transition of your character into trying to become the cannibal so as to survive and then uh at the end you realize like that's where it all like comes together so they sort of develop in tandem to where at the end you see that your character because we can play with that thing of your character being the mild-mannered guy that would blend in with the cul-de-sac because that's who he was before the cannibal like came and, into his life. And so he is telling this story. They're, they want more information. In the first movie, they want more information. They, they're cut off from what's happening on the coasts, right? 
he's the conduit to that. And all he keeps coming back to are these stories of the cannibal. And at first, they're really like gobsmacked by these stories. And then as the tension builds, as more stories are told and more like horrific things are found out about what's actually happening with the fall of society. In through that process, they start to believe that there's no cannibal at all. This outsider is actually describing things he's done, things he's seen, and they turn on him. And that turns to a whole devolution of their, their structure that they've built in the cul-de-sac to where even he gets caught up in that crossfire and killed. And there's another survivor. And you think we, even as an audience, we believe he was the cannibal. There was no cannibal. He was actually just confessing to terrible things that he had done in his progress from the coast where this had, st whatever it was, had started. Ah, I finally got the, the fight club part of it. Because that was what I was yeah. trying to imagine, this like parallel thing where you're seeing it develop, you're seeing it develop, and you, you're seeing this yeah, guy so as a real you, guy. We and think then you it's realize him. It's we Tyler think Durden. it's him. And it cuts to the... But in this last shot... As the camera is panning over the chaos that this whole movie has built up to, it pans over his body. And there's another survivor, somebody left of the cul-de-sac. And a hand comes down and puts their hand on that shoulder of that survivor. And you realize Tyler Durden and the narrator were actually two separate people. The that's the yeah, that's, 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 that's the reveal. Yeah. yeah, that's the reveal. Is that actually nice. he was telling the truth the entire time. And then the second movie is all those things that he had talked about that we had begun to doubt in the third act of the first movie, the cul-de-sac movie. That first movie actually explores all of those things. We see that progression of like all the pieces of his story that he didn't get to tell from the coast to that cul-de-sac. And that and and really the message is. This is all for fun of the cannibal. He's 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 Pennywise. He like he likes to mm -hmm. salt his meat with the like the fear and the like angst, right? Before he like goes in for the kill. And then he recruits the next one and he just thrives on that chaos. He is the uh another good example would be the judge from uh Prime uh, uh Blood Meridian, you know, like this. Oh, he, it's been too long for me. Or 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 um um the, the the ageless stranger in the stand like he he thrives he almost feeds on the chaos that he creates more than the actual like body count you know yeah i was starting like, to imagine the uh cannibal as a little bit of like a jason from from the friday the 13th type vibe or no well no not <laughs> so much the that, ongoing but, story but no 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 i don't like that supernatural aspect just that that he enjoys the like playing with his like food you know like like he wants and, and even if he doesn't get to eat, he's okay with that. Even if all his food ends up killing each other, that's all right. Huh. Or like the Joker then, I guess. He's like the, yeah. the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't know what to do if he caught the car. <laughs> but just like thrives on the chaos. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Oh, man. Holy uh, man. Wow. That was epic. <laughs> we should uh, We should talk Mandalorian and then wrap it. I think. Yeah, I promised Double D though I'd tag up on the uh, Mystery Science Theater. He reached out to me, and so maybe I can do a little JCBD and me. What Mystery Science Theater? What are you talking about? Let's do that now. 
Oh, so so this we'll do this uh, JCV and me corner, um, which I don't have anything for, but maybe I can come up with some sort of <laughs> like stinger. But uh, so news with Jean Claude Van Damme and myself <laughs> as it relates. Um, uh, last episode or recently anyway, I, I talked about um, I had the opportunity to go to see a, a live. This was the last thing I did before quarantine, I guess, though I didn't necessarily realize it before now. Um, got to see a live touring production of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, 3000. wow. And um, the movie, and I actually went, I do like that series, of course, but uh, I went to see it because the movie was No Retreat, No Surrender. Jean-Claude uh. Van Damme's uh, screen debut. Not in Breaking, but like w- with speaking role. <laughs> and uh, so it was here in, in Minneapolis and I went to see it and it was, I just pulled it up because there's so many different. Um, so it was, let's see, the Great Cheesy Movie Circus Tour. And it's Joel Hodgson, Hodgson and the world's greatest and only movie riffing robots, Tom Servo, Crow, and Gypsy. And... Um, I think they just took this movie and one other like all across the the country. So it was No Retreat, No Surrender. And um, they would play the movie and we saw it at the, like where we'd see, you know, a theater, like bands play. Like I saw Cigarose and came midway through and left almost immediately because it was too many hipsters a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's what I think of when I go, oh, I saw Mark Mar- Yes. Uh, anyway, so we went there to see. I went to see No Retreat, No Surrender on the big screen, uh, and boy, did I! And when uh, so they they did show the movie, and actually the version they showed was the European one. There's a great like Blu-ray that came out like in 2014 of No Retreat, No Surrender that has a much longer version that came out uh, outside of America, which is we- some weird shit, <laughs> honestly, left in it uh, for people who know that movie. Uh, or no, no, no. Well, I can't remember which version they showed now. Anyway, but they would show the movie just like on TV and then they would interject. So like the, the skits with Mystery Science Theater 3000 folks would be in person on stage and then they would go to the movie and come back and forth. But they would do live commentary from the side of the stage. And it was fucking hilarious. Like the bride too just loved it. Like we, we could not stop laughing the whole time. Their comments on that movie, which is funny in and of itself, like were so funny. And there, there is actually a riff tracks for no retreat, no surrender. And I thought maybe it'd be the same thing. So, Cause I looked into it after. Cause I was like, I love this so much. If I could somehow watch this whenever I wanted, I'd be so happy. And it's not, it was completely different and it was utterly hilarious. And, um, it's it was a one of a kind thing, so it's not like does, something you can go on. So enjoy, does that <laughs> motivate you to seek out more Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Like, there uh, because it should, <laughs> but mostly I was just excited to see Jean Claude Van Damme on the big screen, <laughs> or no retreat, no surrender. I should say, my favorite Mystery Science Theater three thousand is actually Alien from L.A. That's where I was introduced to it, and it was a movie I knew with Kathy Ireland, who I was obsessed with at the time, uh, nineteen eighty eight movie directed by albert pian who directed cyborg <laughs> I yeah i know all this i know all this right because before of you. Cyborg. <laughs> yeah so that was the one i i knew and loved and it's still the only one i really know really well um i do like it. i like the format i just i you know with all the millions of thousands of things i'm making i don't have time to watch a lot of stuff so i have to be really selective <laughs> 
was I saying? Oh, so I wanted to, I told W, I talked to Double D on the phone and, uh, you know, how he was doing in quarantine and stuff. And he's like, you got to talk about the Mystery Science Theater uh, experience. So, um, so there it was. I think at some point in the show, they actually kind of passed the mantle from Joel to someone else. So that like, yeah. it could be carried on. He's like, this is my last kind of thing. Um, it was cool to see like when the uh, Van Damme's name was on the screen, like you could see like people cheered. They took up like you could see people take snap like flash photos and there was a Van Damme theme drink, which is neat. Um, and so, yeah, so there you go. Uh, Double D there. There's that bit of uh, business. And then also in JCVD news, I don't think we mentioned this last time, but our uh, our Jean pod van dam cast crossover episode finally uh surfaced on their show so uh john and jeff uh presented uh, our conversation from august as their latest episode on the jean pod van dam cast and sadly um uh they're actually retiring the podbros.com and and podbros network at the end of this year oh really yeah you know, just one of those things. Like they started up in 2013, so it had a really long and great run. And uh, and I just thought, I, I I discovered that that show, the Jean Pod Van Dam cast, when they already were pretty much almost done. And so I I wanted, I was like, I, I don't want to. I want someone else to be able to have this experience. I I had so much fun with that show, and so I reached out to him similarly to how I did with the others on Pod Van Dam cast, or Jean Pod Van Dam, I think was what that one was called. Anyway, with Marcus Jones, and I was like, I will help. I I'd love to help you get this on YouTube, where you don't have to pay for the the service fees or whatever. You don't have to yeah, pay for the yeah, hosting. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I think by the time th- by the time this drops on the Pod Bros um, YouTube site, you can listen to the whole run of their 117 episodes where they go through not only Jean-Claude Van Damme's filmography one episode at a time, but they start to go through things like the Kickboxer sequels and the Bloodsport sequels and these sort of ancillary things. Like they go through Jean-Claude Van Johnson one episode oh, at a time. Oh, man. They go through Well, they were the doing reality the Nick show. Cage show too. Were yes. they like... like I yeah. wanted to do. I wanted to be on their fucking uh, Mandy episode. Like, I know, uh, and I think they said they did that early on. So, um, he was saying that John was telling me that maybe they would put those then on the YouTube channel as well. Like the one because they wanted to like bank a bunch and then start to roll them out, but they never rolled them out. So, um, so already though on podcast sites. Well, actually, yeah. Who cares? Like, once this is live, you can go to the their YouTube channel and find both our show. Good deal. And all the Good others. deal. And hopefully, the Rage in a Cage and Every Damn Russell, which is the Kurt Russell. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard those yet, but <laughs> that's awesome. If I have anything to do with it, which I may well, I'm gonna we're gonna get those out. <laughs> so, what else? Um, uh, the training videos that Jean Claude Van Damme did that I screen scraped and we we talked about couple years ago or whatever yeah he's now putting on youtube there you can actually see them so you, if you want to see his you know bad hair dye job and the, and the exercise routine that he came up with <laughs> that's now no longer <laughs> uh you know wiped from the internet he's he's doling it out and i guess it came after some injury he had where he was helping to uh heal himself or get back and not heal himself well probably the hear him say is like because he did say at some point in that thing he was like you can make yourself almost invincible <laughs> but anyway so i i would be curious to see as they roll those out if all the things that i put in that like super cut of things that were that made me laugh 
you know, like, is it is it going to be in the the uh, the lesson that they put on YouTube where he's where he says that thing where he's like, I was kidnapped once in Russia, <laughs> and he talks about how he escaped. <laughs> like, that is he's gonna that cut story that out. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you could totally tell in that moment that he did not anticipate talking about it, but they don't cut it out, and it's at the end of like a lesson. He's like, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> he just leaves after saying like, Oh, if I had not survived that, my teeth would be in a lake and my body fed to the pigs. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> so. We'll see. Anyway, but so you can see all that on his on his YouTube channel. And then the last thing I thought to maybe go out on, if we can maybe watch this together, Van Dam is making these things and putting them out on YouTube that he's calling um like damn bro or whatever. They're just like these ridiculous videos that he's making with his kids. So his sons direct them and are in them, and he plays some kind of like goofy superhero. There's like two minutes long, but they're like one of them is they're in quarantine type videos. So this is called uh, JC's day out. Let me see if I can share this and we can watch this together and then maybe talk some Mandalorian and hopefully we can hear it. Uh, no, I need the video. I need the video file and I can do that. Oh, is it not working or is it working enough that we could talk about it? Well, like you uh, see well him, right? we can't hear it. We can't hear anything that's going on though. Oh, okay. That's all right. It, there's silly music. We'll just talk over it. That makes sense. So you're just hearing like kind of, uh, old 40s 50s time music he's walking like shaking his arms here (laughs) this guy goes hey jc he's like high five i'll just make the noise it's fun (laughs) thank you jc (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that's the the through line through all this he keeps going like (laughs) really pronounced like no way jean-claude van damme you're the way yeah no high five no sound yeah, I love Dave's narration, though. <laughs> you don't need it. I can hear it. I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude, don't hear. Don't there's hear. more like Jean-Claude. Now there's like, that's one of his kids pretending to be a little person. <laughs> he just kicks him in the face. Goes on the butt of All right. So th- this may be too much to watch in this fashion. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pause it, but <laughs> we can go back. But you get the idea. So you can watch this if you look up Jean-Claude Van Damme's YouTube or Facebook page or probably Instagram or all that stuff. But it's been really funny to see him uh, and his kids just doing nonsense. The next one, he actually wears like a towel as a cape <laughs> that says maybe JC on the back. I'm not sure. And he goes out and saves dogs, kicks people and goes, yeah, <laughs> the whole time. So there you go. That's JCVD and me. Oh, yeah. So you want to work out? <laughs> um, all right. So, all right. I, months ago, at the height of the Mandalorian, I, as distance as we are from the Tiger King, we are triple that <laughs> distance from the Mandalorian. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Uh Anyway, so when that was at its height, I was even still slow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get another beer. All right. My last one. This is my sixth one. Two of them, though. Talk to you, buddy. It's like 9%. The other ones oh were like seven point seven, and you had, and that, had that that fucking, Caucasian, that oh white, that Lord. Caucasian with vodka, Kahlua, and um, 
There's another liquor in there. Liquor, I barely know. <laughs> Anyways, Do you get hangovers from this business? Like I, I'm like a no, two glass of wine. I, it's still daytime. I'll drink a lot of water. I'll be fine. You'll be all right. I'll be oh, fine. You just you gotta hydrate. Days. It's all about hydration, man. Like, so I thought, but I've done a lot of experimenting, and it just doesn't fly for me. I'm old. It's all right. <laughs> all right. So back in the height of it, I was trying to tease you into the Mandalorian. Because by episode two, I was like, this is a show that Dave is going to love. Not just love, but just, like on a level of the original trilogy, I feel like. Like it's it's just, it was such a Dave show while I, I had this empathy while I was watching it where I was like, this is, this needs to be consumed by Dave as fast as possible because I think this is exactly the kind of content from Star Wars that just goes up his alley. Um, so I'm interested to talk Mandalorian with you a little bit, as drunk as I am. Jesus. Well, rather than go episode by episode, why <laughs> no, don't that's you not maybe gonna happen. Yeah, ask me, uh, ask me what you've been curious about, and then we'll kind of go from there. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just like as a whole. What are your, what's your initial take on the show? For some reason, I was not especially like gung ho to watch it, which is why it took this long for me to see it. Uh, I'm not, I have no idea why that is. Um, it just wasn't something I was chomping at the bit to see. So, um, so there's that. And I think I carried that into it. Um, the first episode I was, I was like getting excited. You know, there's a life day mention, which I, I just saw the star Wars Christmas special this year on YouTube. So I was like, Oh my God, they're acknowledging that. Uh, there was, um, you know, portable carbonite freezing there was like carl weathers you know fucking apollo creed shows up early on werner herzog is there i'm just like what is happening nick nolte is a troll <laughs> like i was i was on board for so much of it and actually the mandalorian himself i was seriously because i didn't know and i hadn't looked into it but i was pretty sure this wasn't the case i was like is that john cusack's voice so I started picturing the John Cusack character from Gross Point Blank, which is one of my favorite movies. He's a hired hitman in that movie. So I just pictured the whole series. I pictured Martin Blank as the Mandalorian, and it was glorious. Um, so those are some of the like super positive things that I, I would say. Um, it was really nice to see the attention to detail of all of those like little uh, fan service type stuff. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of fan service. I'm going to acknowledge yeah. that. Oh, like, yeah. And I'm on board for that. I have no problem with that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, that's... I am a fan. Right. <laughs> like, that's what I... I mean, I, I want that stuff. Um, I didn't I didn't love it. Like, I... And I didn't like it as much as The Bride, actually. Okay. And when I, when I said that, um, she was like, what? <laughs> and she, I don't remember at what point I said that to her. Um, but she, um, she's like, it just feels to me like a kind of a weekly show. I don't remember what she said, but I started to think of it because I think I thought there's so much amazing television and we, we watch a lot of it. We talk about a lot of it, 
I think I thought that this would be on the level of like the cinematic Star Wars. Um, and I'm not, that's not to downgrade it. I really hate the idea of people, you know, Moto's watching. I know, like, so I love the fact that, like, my, so my uncle Jack it was come Space over. Western. A what? Like, uh, oh, uh, Space Moto, Western. Yeah, Moto, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I loved a lot of that. As Moto says, that, that, yeah. Uh, it is such a Western. I mean, it's like, it's one it's surprising how to me it's surprising how popular it was because it is such a western uh, in yeah, western it was like a, predominantly like a, are not popular they have not been popular with american audiences and there's there's no other way to describe this movie that's that is what this is it's a western space western yeah yeah instead of a space opera yeah like Star Wars yeah. Was. yes yeah. yes that was ultimately like where i came around by the end to feel like to really kind of contextualize it in a way that i could uh fully appreciate so i think i thought it was going to be on the level of like the cinematic movies that have been coming out like and and that's not to say that it's bad but it there was one episode that even the bride was like, I feel like I'm watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, like the one where they went to the to the to rescue the prisoner or whatever. That was the one where yes. we were thinking. Yes, Moda, you're right. But I was also thinking about. Um, I started so so then I, I at first I had it in like this negative context, but then I started to think about it more positively, and it was reminding me of like something you would see on the w like w uab or like renegade or hercules or fucking cobra with michael dudikoff like these or the uh, bandit series like these kind of like you, they're syndicated shows that you would see uh street justice with carl weathers um that were on like every week uh and then i was like oh man shit this is a little bit like in some ways some spin on the serialized like flash gordon type saturday matinee thing that star wars was originally an homage to like flash gordon and so even that as i say it all out loud it sounds a bit more like highfalutin than i mean it but i guess i just i wanted it i wanted to love it more than i did and there were parts of it i really did like but i think i thought it was going to be kind of different um and i'll say like i didn't like it I didn't like it near as much as any of the films that have come out, which I, so, I've loved all of those. That's fair. First off, second off by this like fifth or sixth episode, the one with Bill Burr where they're on the space station. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one where I'm like, <laughs> this has been every episode has been the same show, the same story just told in a different way every time. But then the, by the next episode, it was, that was all setting up the payoff for the last like three episodes of this series. And I really think the next season is really what's going to define that show. It's really, that's where it's going to be really episodic. I think that's what needs to happen is each one needs to be self-contained and just really move forward. This mythos of what happens between the Mandalorian. Jesus, I'm so drunk. I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's exciting. It's fun. <laughs> I love all of you so much. Jesus, I love you. Love you too, uh, buddy. Go uh, on. <laughs> um, but that's really where I feel like the second season should just 
progress the relationship in the aging of the kid. Like, we should get a different kid by the end of the second season. Like, a, like developmentally different, you know, um, I think, to progress it. I was conflicted because I, and I was kind of messed up on the timeline. So I did not like the idea that it was a, a baby Yoda because that's what everyone was saying. I, I was thinking like it was a literal, this is baby Yoda as we know Yoda. No, no, a, no, no, species, no, I guess. no. It, it is separate. Uh, if I understand it right, that that, so the kid, as he's referred to in the Mandalorian, came to existence the same time Anakin Skywalker did. Oh, okay. Because he's 50 years old. Like, at the start. Of, like, he's a oh, baby, sure. but he's 50, right? Like, <laughs> Something so, about the way he said yeah. he's a baby I could listen to uh, forever. I'm he's so, a baby. <laughs> he's a baby. I'm so fucking drunk, man. <laughs> Can we just wrap this up soon? Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, 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 um, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I had hoped to. But there's so much about it. Like, I... um, So, like, Moto and... So like my uncle Jack would come over to my parents' house and they would all gather and like watch it as on the weeks it came out. I love thinking that that happened. Yeah. Happening. And I like this. I love this idea of this like weekly serial and it it doesn't have to be in my mind now in you the know, same plane. You know, you're exactly right. The the the. So we have the post seven eight nine. There's no reference to the kid at all. So we know this has to end where all of those characters are removed from the Skywalker saga, right? Like, regardless of how the series progresses through, they won't make it to episode seven. So, because this is in the timeline between Jedi and seven, this is like right after Jedi, the like the fall of the Empire. So this story has a limitation. It has a, an end point to it because we don't see the kid. Now, what we could see is Ray and Finn and Poe finding the kid as an adolescent, like in a side arc, you know, what I, like in the next trilogy, that's a, like that. That's not associated with the Skywalker saga, right? Like they could end up back together. But I like that. Uh, I don't think it's Yoda's child. I think it's either a clone of Yoda or it's a separate like member of Yoda's species. Because there's only been two of Yoda's species that are in canon. Yoda and then um, uh, I forget like Mars Marla or something. It, oh, I didn't know there was another. Interesting. She's in episode one, but the Im implication is, is that his species, every member of his species is tuned to the force, like they're force sensitive. So he either is a clone of Yoda or he is just another member of Yoda's species. Um, regardless of the fact he is force sensitive, I would love to see this like, this merge of the stories where they bring Ray and Poe and Finn who, which by the way, did you fucking see that JJ Abrams 
and and uh, John Boyega both confirmed that what he wanted to tell Ray was that he was force sensitive and not not that he was in love with Ray, that he was force sensitive, which is what I said on the episode nine reaction and was shot down multiple times, multiple fucking times. Even JJ Abrams said that's what he wanted to tell Ray. <laughs> JJ fucking Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that also. <laughs> I know you didn't fight me, Moto. We all know who fucking fought me on that. I don't remember. Was it me? No. <laughs> Was it me? Oh, okay. Oh, then I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I'm fucking right. And it was confirmed by the person that played the character and the fucking director. Of the goddamn movie! <laughs> Force fucking sensitive! Not that he loved her! <sighs> Moto, I love you. Dave, I love you. <laughs> also, actually. You were talking about the Skywalker Skywalker saga. I'm looking over there at my I can't my force is weak with me so I can't pull it over, but there's the the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray and there's a feature-length documentary called The Skywalker Saga which I think will trace everything, but yeah, I I I um I think I like it more in retrospect having seen it than I did at times watching it, but I did like it. I think my yeah. just expectations were kind of wonky love you buddy love you moto love you dave love you also. I, i'm just telling you so there there were some great things in the mandalorian we i think part of the apprehension and this is my problem with the mandalorian is disney is retconning some of what was accepted expanded universe and what was accepted canon they've retconned that and made that like what is called legends, which is not expanding, oh, right, like, right, like right. Not, not canon anymore. So a great example of that ties directly to the Mandalorian. The fact that um, uh, Boba Fett and Jango Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> Boba Fett is not an actual Mandalorian. He stole that armor. In canon now that exists since Disney has bought Lucasfilm, Boba Fett is not actually a Mandalorian. We have found out that he stole that armor and that he proposed to be a Mandalorian but wasn't actually one. What we're seeing from the show, The Mandalorian, are true Mandalorians, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And so... I... I think the show is just so the fact that it's, it's taking its time. Uh, there was a Disney executive 
who said the future of Star Wars is on Disney Plus and it is episodic storytelling. Yeah, I can see. I mean, it's one of their like you sign into Disney Plus and there's a handful of things you can select, almost like sub channels, and one of them is Star Wars. Just the other day, like when I was going to watch the last oh, episode, man. so drunk. when we went to watch the last one, I I clicked on Star Wars as one of the sub channels, thinking like, oh, I messed up, but then no, I didn't. But there's so many other Star Wars things you can watch. Um, you know, the I don't even want to get into it, but but so I could see that, and and, and that was the thing. So even though I like maybe. I think my biggest gripe in some ways was that it, it wasn't emotionally involving for me. The the All of the movies that have come out in the last few years have been very emotionally involving for me. And this wasn't, even at the climax, um, which is like, oh, I'm not leaving you. I'm like, I should be bawling right now. And I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but I But that's okay. Like, that's when I was like kind of coming around to this idea of like, if this is like the set, if this is like the WUAB, you know, action theater, whatever, weekend thing, appointment, viewing version of star wars that expands the universe like i'm all for that and and i will watch this happily as as that or whatever it is like i just need to not i don't know i i kind of reframed it towards the end to where i was able to appreciate it even more um but yeah yeah i I, sorry took me so long to uh get around to but i uh i'm glad to have seen it now and be part of the uh you know the experience the larger experience um, I will, I'll certainly, uh, tune in in time when it comes back. Uh, I think for our next, um, edition of this, we should talk Cobra Kai Moto. It'll be out. It'll have been out enough. What? So, no. Wait, wait, when is the third season of Cobra Kai coming out? Is it going to be out for you? Like next week or at the end ah, of next week, I think. You're bullshitting me. <laughs> we just found this out, I think. Uh, the 24th. Um... Cause he was saying something in the in the chat. Cobra Kai season three. Woo! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Fuck! Woo! All right. You got anything else on Mandalorian? <laughs> no. No. Shit! Nothing. No, it's nothing. Good top you got that. a goddamn thing. You got that right. You got that fucking right. <laughs> oh man! All right, I gotta get off here before I make a fool out of myself. <laughs> First off. Feel free to email us at lwsdpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe with us at uh, youtube.com slash drink. Subscribe. Make sure you ring the bell. We have found a new way that we're going to be able to live stream our episodes again like we used to be able to do. Uh, so make sure you ring that bell so every time we go live, you'll get notified with that. Okay. Uh, head over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD for long walk, short drink. Uh, sign up for your free audible trial. Get your free audiobook. I would recommend in this time, honestly, I would get the, <clears throat> the updated and revised edition of The Stand. I think that would be a great fit for what we're going through right now with uh, the COVID situation. Um, I think... Uh, Absolutely, absolutely, the stand would be a great fit for uh, where we are right now. Um, 
head over to twitter.com and find us at um, LWSD pod. Uh, we tweet out all of the Dave will go back and he will actually refine a nice audio version podcast of this conversation uh, that he will tweet out as our official episode uh, number 84. Uh, so head over to our Twitter who follow us there. Um, head over to um, uh, shit iTunes.com slash LWSD. Search Long Walk Short Drink. Uh, leave us a review there or Stitcher or uh, what was the newest one that we just got? Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify now. Spotify. Actually, that made a big difference yeah, for some folks. I heard leave us some kind of review. That's going to really just like the more reviews we get, the more it's going to open up to other people. Listen, this is just an excuse for me to be able to talk to my friends that I love and who I've been making shit with for the last 20 years. Um, but the more people that get exposed to that, I really find can relate to what we're talking about and what we're trying to do. And I love getting those stories back about the things that they've made with their friends over the course of years and decades. So uh, make sure you're checking all those different places out. Uh, you're leaving those reviews because the more exposure that we get to more people, the more that relate to us and the more audience that we get. We're going to keep recording these conversations, whether or not nobody listens to them or not. But I really think there's something here for people to relate to and people to connect with. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so fucking drunk. I love I've it. never seen you this drunk. It's intense. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but thank you so much, everybody, seriously, for joining us. Moto, Jacko, uh, we had uh, the Pod Bros on earlier. Oh, yeah, and Double D. on earlier. Like, that was... This is... Honestly, like this was a piece that I didn't realize I was missing so much from our podcast. So uh, thanks so much. Uh, looking forward to this just getting better as we move on. So, right. Long walk. Love you, buddy. Yep. Cheers, Love long walkers. Yep. Cheers, long walkers. And we'll see you uh, long walk short drink in May. Chasing the wild Be now and always a child